All right, hello. Welcome to episode number 41 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast, with myself, Stephen Hill, and my co conspirator, Mr. Mm. Renfrey Dedman. How are you, mate? Hello, yeah, I'm good. Uh, good. That's a new new title for me. Yeah, uh, Stephen Hill and the co-conspirator. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. You always want to put your name in it first, don't you? Yeah. Cool. I, I still think it should be called <laughs> The Stephen Hill Show. <laughs> I still think that. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, um, that, that that was one of the names on the uh, on the slate. <laughs> on the list, yeah. It got crossed <laughs> off pretty quickly, didn't it? It did, yeah. Um, yeah, furious about it. Um, how you doing, mate? How's the fudge? <laughs> for, for, for people listening, there is some fudge on the table. So I went to um, my local fudgery. Is that an? <laughs> is that what a fudge shop is called? A fudge shop, a fudgery. It's definitely not called a fudgery. Um, okay. What happens when you Google fudgery? I wonder. Oh, I wouldn't out. do it now. Well, no, you you get arrested. On. You carry on. And I'm um, Google yeah, my mate. I, I just a guy who I used to do stand up comedy with has opened a fudge shop in Greenwich, and he gave me some. Hey. Fr- and he gave me some free fudge the other day when I went in there. I saw him, and he was like, "Oh wow." You have some free fudge and it's chocolate orange fudge, salted caramel fudge and Oreo fudge. The chocolate orange fudge is damn good. It's really good. So, mate, crack on with that. I'm not it? saying the other ones aren't. I just haven't tried them yet. I'm yeah, crack on with that if you want, mate. Oh, there's a website called www.fudgeryfudge.com, which is about fudge. It's about fudge. Good, right. Phew. I was expecting Operation U-Tree to come <laughs> knocking at my door any second now. Um, uh, I think the people at Musicism will be delighted that we've prefaced their intro with sort of bawdy talk of um, <laughs> potential uh, sexually explicit happenings in the Riot Act uh, HQ, wouldn't they? I think fudge is my favourite bawdy expression. This is the week for it, I have to say. For fudge. Just, no, 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 for boardiness. <laughs> right. um, we're going to be reviewing new albums from Employed to Serve, The Get Up Kids, and Monomath, and We Never Learned to Live. Plus, uh, it's going to get it's going to get pretty boardy in the uh, in the trade off this week, isn't it, Renfrey? Because one of the greatest, uh, yeah. most legendary, most respected rock bands of all time uh, are going to be part of trade off, and also Real Big Fish, ACDC as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zing, yeah, Real Big Fish uh, and ACDC. So it's going to be kind of lolstastic. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, musicism.net. Uh, Want to give a shout out to those guys over there. Musicism.net, where you go and get the um, the courses. courses, your guitar courses, oh, your, yeah, you your production it. courses. Yeah, you do. You uh, never do it. And it's uh, nine ninety nine a month, unless mm-hmm. you put ca- in capital letters "riot" into the checkout, where you get twenty five percent off, which we think is either two pound fifty or two pound forty nine. We still haven't figured that out. If someone could contact us and let us know what that is, that would be good. Yeah, it would be good. So now it's seven pound fifty or seven pound forty nine. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do the Patreon thing as well? Uh, and you can go to our Patreon page, Riot Act. Dot com slash right, podcast.com podcast.com right, podcast. no com forward slash right you see Steve's got the notes in front of him and so I'm nah. doing this from memory yeah <laughs> notes whatever <laughs> granddad um, yeah and you can uh, chuck us a bit of money yeah if, uh, if you would like to and we will reward your money chucking uh, <laughs> with lots of exclusive content which others will get eventually for free but you need to wait a very very long time and with the way that humanity is going at the moment you may be dead by the time that stuff comes out for free so Jesus. <laughs> this is why you do it so but we have a bunch of writers reviews up there at the moment we're also planning a load of really cool super fun stuff which we need to talk about at some point yeah we do yeah yeah we've got a bunch of other things that we will be doing at some point but we are doing straight after this we're going to record a chat on welcome to sky valley by caius Mm. 
was listening to that you album. Don't hear that on the way Ooh. here. Fuck me. I what love a great record. record. Yeah, mm. brilliant record. I've got some fudge now, so you know. Fudge. Sorry about that. Um, if anyone wants to sponsor us with Fudge, by the way, that'd be great. I did try and get Patch at the Fudge shop. I was like, you should sponsor us. No way. Because what about FudgeryFudge.com? Then mm. we could have a Fudge conversation every week. Imagine but that. But the thing is, is he's got his own podcast. Oh, shit. About Fudge? No, about Star Wars. Oh. You don't like Star Wars, do you? Don't care. You don't care. Have you seen them? Of course I've seen them. You've seen... Oh, oh God, there's so many of them now. Mm-hmm. Have you seen, the, you've seen the original trilogy? I've seen the original trilogy. I've seen the first three and I've seen the last two. I haven't seen Solo. I haven't seen, I haven't seen the spin-off ones. Mm. Wow. Okay. And you're just like, I mean, you say you're not bothered. You've seen quite a lot of Star Wars then. You've well, had a lot of Star Wars telly. in your life. It is often on telly. And you go yeah. to the cinema, it's on, you go, oh, all right, I'll see that. I, I didn't see um, the, uh, what's the first one that when they came back? Rogue One? Yeah, I didn't see that until um I didn't see that until it came out on Sky. Okay. It's and all right. I, I saw The Last Jedi at the cinema because mm. I just went to cinema. And you know. Yeah, Last Jedi's not great. Mm. Gotta be better than Avengers, isn't it? Uh I don't know. I've I'm I'm so behind on the Marvel movies. I've like I somehow Me too. I've, I've I have only but... seen Thor. Really? That's how far behind I am. Thor's not great saw really. thought and then i put on the first avengers and i fell asleep after about half an hour and that's yeah, really? my entire um relationship with them so spoil away i think you should do guardians of the galaxy oh i've seen no that's not true i have seen i've seen two guardians of the galaxy yeah i didn't even really realize they were part of it yeah 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 they are yeah, yeah, yeah. okay good that's anyway. good i like first guardians <laughs> of the galaxy really good yeah first one's great really yeah. really yeah. good yeah. yeah anyway um Speaking of really great, Tool, uh, Tool played two new songs at Welcome to Rockville yes. this weekend just gone. Yes. Uh, they're called Descending and Invincible. So this is happening, isn't it? Yes. It's actually going to happen. There's going to be a new Tool record. Tool also now have a page on Spotify. They have mm. their own page. Um, no music has been uploaded at time of recording. It may well have been by the time you listen to this. But um, it all basically means, I mean... There were rumours that Tool were going to have their music uploaded to streaming services about a year ago. So it looks like it's actually finally happening. But, you know, that's a big deal because Tool are one of the last big, big, big bands to, like, hold out for yeah. that. Not You know, we've got the Beatles now. I'm almost was... a bit sad that they have held out. Um, they have given in. I, I I know what you mean, but I think it's an inevitability, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, I, I don't think streaming culture works for Tool. Funnily enough, I I read this news on Loudwire.com, and then immediately afterwards, they um, Loudwire do this quite a lot, where they rank every single song in a band's discography, and it's the the kind of thing that you that you read and kind of hate yourself for reading, but mm. you really want to know what they think and then get annoyed about what they think. The thing with Tool is taking their songs out of the context of the albums, I think just... It, yeah. It's not that it doesn't work. It's just... it's just It, it feels like a bit of a weird exercise because I would never... I would never listen to The Grudge and then not listen to the rest of Lateralis. No, I think do you know what I mean? Like Stinkfist works on its own. There are tall Sober songs that work, work, works on there its are own. tall songs that work on their own, but you know, 
I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to listen to Parabola without Parable. No. Um, introing it, you know. No. Um, although actually, I did the reverse of that at a gig later on, but I will talk about that later, where you'll get upset. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it's happening. Yeah, it's it definitely happening. happening. And also, I mean, if you want to know what those songs sound like with people talking over the top of them, uh, <laughs> uh, over sort of shaky handheld mobile phone camera footage you can go and watch them on the internet if you so wish and if you do so wish you should sort your shit out um <laughs> i clicked on it and i'm pretty annoyed that i even clicked on it and watched the sort of a minute of each video i watched a minute of each video and it's just really a little bit of adam jones guitar part and one of the think the first one maynard's voice came in and people were going oh uh, in the back and it didn't sound very good obviously because it's not you know, it's recorded on a phone. Yeah, recorded yeah. on the phone. Um, and I was quite annoyed with myself. And I thought, this is surely not the way to experience music from a band like Tool for the very first no, time, is exactly. it? exactly. Yeah. So I presume, as is the way of the internet, people will have done <laughs> dissections on, oh, what can we learn from the new Tool yeah, songs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't really want to get into that conversation. It feels a bit like... No, no, no. I, 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 silly it's silly It's that. very unusual for a band of Tool's size to... Um, play new songs before they're out um mm. because because for this very reason um i guess tool can just do what the fuck they want really can't they yeah um one of these songs has actually been around for a couple of oh it feels like a couple of years and they did it's not technically the first time they've played it it's just the first time they've played it with maynard's vocal okay um so it was actually i i feel like it was at red rocks i might be getting that wrong but tool played it a couple of years ago instrumentally mm. it's the first song that they did i can't remember the name of it now um but um yeah it's technically not the debut but it's a debut with maynard's vocals so but yes um i'm the same i don't really want to i'd much rather listen to the finished product mm. and be blown away by that you know i in a way with tool i don't I mean, it doesn't mean I won't, but even if they release a, a single officially, there's part of me which is like, I'd rather just wait to hear the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I feel a bit like that. Yeah. Um, I probably won't. I, I kind of, you know, I, what I want, as, as excited as I would be to get it in advance and stream it and everything, I would actually want to go to a record store and buy it the day it comes out and listen to it yeah. on vinyl yeah. when I buy it for the first time. And that might seem like a really sort of antiquated way of doing it, but I think... Uh, when you've been waiting for so long for something mm -hmm. like this and you you know inevitably the excitement levels are about to go stratospheric well i did i did that with Ten Thousand days you Me know too. Yeah, um yeah. in fact i bought Ten Thousand days and pearl jam's self-titled album on the same day because they both came out the same yeah day. i remember that and um yeah and um actually put the tool record on first just because it felt like more of an event um than a new pearl jam record Mm. um but um you were right to do that weren't you oh both but they're both brilliant yeah, records good. that self-titled pearl jam records a great record yeah, i mean it's good how do you compare those two albums well they're... one's one's by tool they're very different they're very different and they're both very good yeah um but um yeah and it was 13 years uh a couple of days ago when we were recording this it was 13 years exactly since 10,000 days came out. So mad. fucking hell. Fucking mad. Isn't um, it? But yeah. Well, anyway, it's happening. But just don't watch it on on YouTube. I think you're, you're, you're not going to get very much out of it. I, I'm quite annoyed that I've even heard 30 seconds of it at this point. It's this culture of wanting to be first with everything, isn't it? You know, oh, I want to hear it first. I want to hear it before any anyone else. And it's like, well, yeah, sure, you can do that. You can hear a really shitty version of it mm. first, which is going to sound awful. And then you'll go, oh, it's not very good. I'm not excited about the album anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it's so sad to think that some that, that might be the first time some people have heard Tool when mm. they go, oh, I don't like it. Yeah, don't like that band. Someone was talking in the background. <laughs> what are you do- okay. Uh, anyway, um, you, on, on a talk, can continuing on a tool tip you went to see Eamon Ra mm. and A.A. Williams uh, mm. and you sent me a clip yeah. of, a, of Eamon Ra playing tool mm-hmm. and not only did I not respond to it in any way whatsoever no I noticed that uh, I didn't even listen to it because I was like well I'm no interest in huh. hearing this at all because I'm just a bit annoyed that I'm not there <laughs> so it felt like you were trolling me Renfrey so I was like well no I actually wasn't... mate fuck you right it was 90% Steve is going to want to hear this and 10% <laughs> You should have been here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so it was, you know, it was a little bit. Well, worse. I appreciate the thought, <laughs> but I just read it and went, oh, fuck off. <laughs> when I didn't get a reaction, I assumed that was the case. <laughs> um, uh, I'll get onto that, but I would like to chat about A.A. Williams briefly. Yeah, do that, because we've um, not, uh, well, no, you did see her. You saw her at Roadburn, I did. didn't you? Yeah, I've not seen I saw her, her at Roadburn. Um, Roadburn was more of a full band show. This was slightly stripped back, so she was playing... Um, uh, all the songs on piano and had uh, bass and electric guitar to accompany her. Mm-hmm. Just uh, once again, I mean, I won't say loads because there isn't, it's not loads different to the Roadburn show apart from the stripped back as- aspect of it. But yeah, just fantastic. That's great to hear. Um, and brilliant to hear. And yeah, and she, it was her third gig ever. So I've now seen her first gig ever and her third gig ever. Um, and um, everyone was very quiet and respectful and it felt like a perfect um normally you'd be like uh aa williams is not going to really fit with Eamon ra but for an acoustic set mm. it was an absolutely perfect support it felt very in keeping with kind of the dark darkened kind of mood and vibe of what Eamon ra acoustic sound like which is what because that's something which i struggle to even imagine what it would sound like but then actually sorry to cut you off um you know obviously steve on till from neurosis did has done a few solo albums so scott kelly from neurosis who you know obviously a massive massive influence on that band um and so i assumed it would be of a similar ilk to the sort of thing that steve on till or scott kelly did with their solo work is that fair yeah i would say um i was really curious as well because Mm. i've seen Eamon ra a few times live um, do their normal um they're brilliant live aren't they messianic kind of i i think Eamon Ra are a band who i have an amount uh, oh, an amount of respect for <laughs> uh, 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 an immense amount of respect for um going to see them live i always feel like everyone around me is having a better time than i am mm. um Having said that, the people around me are often, I mean, I have seen literally people just kind of fling their arms up in some sort of worship kind of way for Eben Ra. Um, When they played Heaven with Boris last year, there was quite a lot of that happening. And it's just like, you know, I'm there going, this is really heavy and it's like an incredible experience. And they have these amazing visuals. Um, Colin, the lead singer, the sheer amount of angst and the the, the just what he puts into his performance. It, so, it sounds like he's choking up a lung, basically. I mean, it, he really does just go for it normally. Um, but I've always thought they are clearly brilliant, 
uh, but not entirely for me. Having said that, <clears throat> like you say, an acoustic Amen Ra show, I just needed to see that because I was like, what is that? I don't understand what that is. Turns out, so basically they all get on stage in a circle just facing inwards. So there's not an awful lot to see visually. There are a few visuals that they put up, but it's just kind of like, it's very serene, quite dark, uh, as in literally quite dark. There wasn't an awful lot of lighting and stuff like that. Yeah, they don't, they, they are the darkest band like in terms of your what you see yes they are the darkest band i've ever seen well it almost like my memories of it now are it's as if i was watching it in black and white it's they yeah. almost sort of achieved that effect they despite... played i've heard a story from when they played did, did you go to that beyond the redshift festival that Carl no, did no. so they played they opened the main stage at beyond the redshift and they so they played the main stage of the forum and it wasn't particularly packed this is going back to 2014 i think so going back five years but they said when they played, they wanted all the lights, house lights switched off. So they mm. just wanted the background thing. They didn't want any house lights on. They yeah. didn't want any. And they wanted them to turn off the fridges behind the bar and the lights and cover up the emergency exit signs. They wanted it, they want it to be literally pitch black. Mm -hmm. That's what they want. To be like, you cannot see anything. No mm -hmm. lights on stage, just that screen behind them, which is showing this sort of, like you say, black and white river. So, yeah, they're... I mean, they wouldn't let them do it in the end, but um, if they'd ever been able to play, you know, if you get them in a room where there is no light at all, that's that's what they're aiming for. They want yes. it to be completely like watching a band in the dark. More, yeah, and they that's almost what they were going for. I think um, Bush Hall was like a lovely place for it to happen because Bush Hall is just kind of this, this sort of three or 400 cap um I mean, it does just look like a really glitzy hall. It's like chandeliers and stuff. They did have a couple of lights. There was one thing that they used. Um, Bush Hall has mirrors at the side of the venue. And they actually did shine a couple of lights on the mirrors to then make this kind of... Well, by shining them on the light, the light dissipates even more and just makes an almost kind of eerie sort of glow in front of them. They, they, they just... They're going about things in a very unusual way. And I think this is uh, why a lot of people have so much respect for them. I have to say, acoustically, I actually got more from them acoustically than I did um, it at like one of their normal shows, which a lot of people are going to be quite wow. like, wow, about. But I think just because it was such, such a sort of hushed, reverent, environment um there were a couple i did hear some people moan about um people talking and stuff like that i mean i didn't i was quite lucky i was probably just in the side of the room where that wasn't happening but and i and with them just all being in a circle and i'd never really seen anything quite like it before but it was dynamically for the most part it was very 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 quiet i mean if I'd been having a conversation that I'm having now at this volume, you would have, everyone ruining would have, every, yeah, I'd yeah. be ruining it. Yeah. Um, and it was like that for the majority of their set. They played a good 80 minutes or something like that. Um, and it was very, I think it was very, yeah, again, I was still seeing uh, people kind of not enraptured and are like bringing their, arms to the the heavens kind of way but just really hypnotized by the music and what they were doing with it um the tour cover was they 
did the first part of Parabol slash Parabola. So they did the first part of Parabol, which sounded fantastic. And the moment the first chord came in, I was like, they're not going to do Tool, are they? And they, and they, you know, I think a band covering Tool, there are very few bands who I would like to see cover Tool. Yeah. Armin Ra, it was great. I saw one or two people going, oh, well, we don't need Tool now. <laughs> I don't think that. But um, but it was a really, really good cover. It was really, really good. And it worked really well. I was cu- kind of curious to see if they go into the second part of the song, the parabola part, but they didn't. I don't mm. really know how you do that acoustically. <clears throat> um but yeah, I think I think it was definitely a very very interesting show. It's sort of surprising that it didn't sell out. I th- thought it was going to be a sellout. It was almost sold out. I think there were about thirty tickets left on the door or something like mm. that. But um, I kind of think that they they were over for Desert Fest as well. And this is all. I think a lot of people saw this as kind of like a bonus. Yeah, I mean, I I. I I, I had intended to go see them at Desert Fest, to be honest, which right. is why I, I was a bit like, because acoustic shows, I'm always a bit like, nah, I don't need that so much unless it's somebody who I really, really, really love. Do you know what I mean? Like, if Alice and James did an acoustic set, I'd oh, be of like, course. you know, yeah. I have to be there. But there are certain bands like, I did just, like you said, just wondered, oh, I wonder what that's like. But it sounds like it was cool. It was, so it, that's cool. It was really good. And like I say, I got... I, there were There were parts about some of their songs that I got more mm-hmm. uh, hearing them acoustically that i wouldn't have got from them from the electric versions or, or seeing an electric version i mean it's a lot more you know i mean colin is just singing throughout which he doesn't yeah. do loads of no. in the electric stuff but um yeah it was really cool to see them do something totally different but with the same material mm. I, I love it i love it when you know, the Nirvana that like people talk about the Nirvana MTV Unplugged session and being great. And it is great. But a lot of the kind of um, a lot of those songs started off relatively acoustic anyway. Whereas the Alice in Chains one, which I think is vastly superior. The corn one. <laughs> I didn't mention the corn one on purpose. Yeah. Um, but the Alice, you know, the Alice in Chains one, like songs like um, uh, Sludge Factory. Mm. Which was well, it sounds like it is quite onomatopoeic almost. Um, you know the fact that they do an acoustic version of that. I mean, it felt like the entire show was that. It's like, how do you translate Armenra, uh, Amenra, uh, acoustically? And that's how you do it. And it sounded fucking great. Great, so, good times. Um, did you see anything, or should I? Talk no, about- no. Go for this. So you saw a band called Her Name Is Color. I yeah. don't know this band, so ah, fill me in. Okay, well. I'll I'll talk about her name's colour in a minute. I first of all want to talk about Katie Malko. Do you know Katie Malko as well? No. Katie Malko's this wonderful singer-songwriter who's been sort of on the scene for a few years now and she's been um writing her debut album alongside I think uh Stephen from Tellison has been helping her out with it. Okay. Um she, I just wanted to mention her because she's brilliant, really. Um mm. and she has this amazing um she's very self-deprecating on stage but actually very very funny and i think she's just a great singer songwriter she did this amazing ep called tearing ventricles which is all on um piano 
um and uh she she only played one song that i knew because all of the all of the her other songs are from her this unreleased record yeah. but um you know i think just even that name tearing ventricles gives you kind of an idea of like how that's a pretty like you can you can see how um stark and raw that stuff could be mm. um but i wanted to give her a shout out because she's fantastic and she's going to release an album later this year and inevitably we'll review it at some point um her name is carla r a who epic melancholy for the most part uh band who use elements of folk music um sometimes they have a bit of a kind of radiohead edge they're very elegiac in some senses um they have very kind of post-rock structures without being specifically a post-rock band i would say right um so some of their songs you know are a couple of minutes long I think their most played song on Spotify is this one called Condor and River, which is about 17 and a half minutes long. But it's like very kind of very epic, very stirring. And basically a band who they've been going for about 15 years. And I basically think they're one of the UK's best kept secrets in a way. There's a lot of people who are um, not very familiar with this band who probably should be. Um, Unfortunately, this is their last ever UK show. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Which is a real shitter, particularly a shitter because they are about to release um, their fourth record, uh, uh, which we will be going into towards the end of the month and a bit of a spoiler, but it's really something quite special. Um, and they are just one of the most beautifully evocative bands I've ever seen, really. Um, again, in terms of the dynamics and what they um just 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 the manner in which they keep your interest during these incredibly long epic songs they played for a good 110 minutes or so something along those lines and it felt like it was about 40 you know um and the really stirring really really beautiful songs um that are very very raw and emotional and will go to places that you don't necessarily expect they're constantly surprising i think i think they're a really special band it's basically um normal layout of like drums uh guitar bass and a violin um but they also you know sometimes they'll play piano there's one point where the drummer was playing drums and playing a banjo at the same time um yeah um you know so sometimes that and they're like changing round instruments and all this kind of thing Mm. they're a wonderful band and i'm really really i'm quite excited to give you um their record that's their new record actually um because i'm really curious as to what you'll think about it okay um but yeah i really wanted to mention them because they (laughs) it, it is such a shame that they're splitting up now when I, I genuinely think they're about to release their magnum opus. 
Um, so this is almost like a plea for them not to. Um, <laughs> but um, but they are really, really special band. And like I say, we will talk about this record uh, later. And I think bringing you in will be far more you right. know, interesting well, on look, it. But yeah, I look forward to that. Mm. So there you go. Their, um, their name is, her name is Color. There's probably people who have heard of them. Um, I haven't. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I, like it's it's tragic that <clears throat> they weren't better known. I mean, they got they got um, they got a few bits in like Enemy and so on and so forth, but not that they're an Enemy band at all. Yeah, you'll all see. Right. All right, you'll good. see. Well, let's do some reviews while we wait for that to come out. <laughs> let's do some reviews in the meantime and start this week with I think this is the big one for us out on uh, on Spine Farm. Mm. In it. Employed to Serve, Eternal Forward Motion. This is the third full-length band, uh, full-length album from the Surrey-based UK hardcore band who spent the last week or so gazing out at us from the front cover of Kerrang! magazine. Well done to them. That's been, pretty amazing, they've been, isn't they've it? They've been there for a whole week. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, uh, the the core the core behind uh, employed to serve uh, actually gave me a lift to Roadburn, so I sort of knew about this beforehand. But I was very excited about That's it. That's good news, isn't it? Um, it's wonderful, yeah. and I think they've released a record which um, could see them getting another couple of covers of Kerrang magazine. Fucking hope so. Because um, just to sort of fill in the gaps on their their history, um, I was sort of. First made aware of Employed to Serve in 2015 when um, Greater Than, Than You Remember, their debut album, came out. And I fucking loved that record. I you saw did. them supporting Vales um, upstairs at the Black Heart in Camden in front of about 15 people. I think I saw them supporting Palm Reader as well, which is, they had more people there then. Um, and I was just like, this band are really, really good. And then getting the record and it being this super technical, chaotic <clears throat> Convergy, you know, Cole-esque style, spazzy mm. hardcore. I was like, this band are an absolute bit of me. A band who clearly know their shit when it Definitely. comes to... I mean, we know this anyway because we we know Justine, we know those guys. But yeah. like Justine and Sammy, um, really, really, really know their shit when mm. it comes to all sorts of genres, actually. But metal, like I have conversations with uh, Sammy about often the more kind of extreme ends of things yeah. maybe the, the end he'll of often be seen on stage wearing uh, an obituary Death Angel t-shirt or obituary, whatever, yeah. yeah and then when uh warmth of a dying sun came out which was 2017 wasn't it two years ago yeah, yeah two years ago uh it was that but with groove it was the groove big thing, wasn't it? Yeah. and um it it felt like uh, everything that a kind of sophomore follow-up record should be in a lot of ways. I it think. was less chaotic mm -hmm. and there was more attention paid to no disrespect to Greyer Than You Remember, which is a fucking brilliant record, but there was more attention paid to songwriting. Yep, I, I agree think with it's that. fair to say. I absolutely agree with that. Um, and more attention paid to trying to hook a listener, mm -hmm. not necessarily through vocal hooks, but I think the manner in which Employed to Serve hook you in is, is actually through guitar hooks. Definitely. Yeah. A really good example of that from Warmth is I spend my days wishing them away. Yeah. Once you've heard that riff, it's not going to go out of your head no. very quickly. You know? No. And I think they've essentially, a bit like kind of what we were saying with Frank Carter last week, is that I don't feel like Eternal Forward Motion is a reinvention of the wheel or a massive 
stylistic stretch in the same way as greater than you remember to warmth of a dying sun was but i think what they've done on this record is that they've chipped away a little bit more at honing the sort of thing that will make main stage download festival goers jump up and down i 100 um, agree with that in fact i'd even go so far as to say that greater than you remember is kill them all mm. warmth is ride the lightning and oh spoiler alert eternal forward motion is master of puppets it's not a bad shout that mate thank you it's not a bad shout and i think yeah um i mean i i to kind of run with that analogy i love ride the lightning i love ride the lightning i I mean most people love ride the lightning obviously ride the lightning is fucking brilliant i think fantastic i think i probably enjoy listening to Ride the Lightning more than I enjoy listening to sure. Master of Puppets. Fair enough. But I am aware that Master of Puppets is yeah. better. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a bit of that on here as well. I, at the moment, kind of having been listening to this album pretty much non-stop for the last two or three weeks, um, I am struggling to pick which one of the two from their last two records I prefer the most. Okay. But that's just because, I mean, I love both of them. Mm-hmm. Um I think the highs on this are higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's actually now I'm saying it. I do think it's better. <laughs> like just to kind of call it straight in, I'm I going, actually do think this is better. I'm going to I'm um, sound braggy for a moment here. Uh, I've had this record for a long time. Mm. Um, I uh, I've had it for five to six months uh, because I did some stuff behind the scenes for them uh and uh gang vocals that's right on this yeah. record just all the vocals mate yeah. um and uh, sorry I've justine and, Sammy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and um the, i remember hearing it over the christmas break um and just basically the first time i put it on a not being able to sit still mm um be being so yeah let's be oh i think we've made it clear i think people kind of know that like we we know the employee to serve guys and we're friends Mm -hmm. of theirs and all that kind of thing but like just being so sort of um uh proud (laughs) of my friends it and stoked yeah it felt like and the thing that just kept coming up for me was pantera in that sense of how they make something so heavy, uh, how they are able to make ha- make it have mass appeal. Mm. And again, I think that comes with the kind of the hooks in the guitar lines and so on and so forth. Um, I've kind of compared this record in a sense to Far Beyond Driven. Not that it is the same record in any way, shape or form, but Far Beyond Driven is this record which somehow got to number one in the Billboard charts yeah. kind of thing. I think in a different time, um, this record would be capable potentially of getting, of being one of those uh, uh, far beyond drivens or an Iowa, which just broke through to the mainstream because the the, the riffs on it are just so Inf- difficult. Infectious. Yeah, they're mm. so difficult to deny. Yeah, I just think. I mean, uh, you know, I want to make it super clear that I'm not saying that that's going to happen because unfortunately we live in a different time. No, now. But, but quality wise. Mm, I, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there's a reason I picked when we were talking about Sammy, well, I mentioned obituary and Florida and death metal. And I think the, um, 
the 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 sort of the early nineties boom period for a lot of the Florida death metal bands, the production um, and the riffs and the fact that you know they were selling a significant number of records. Yeah. Basically, I mean, if you particularly if you listen to like something like Slowly We Rot by Obituary, everything else around that band are is disgusting and gruesome, but the riffs are really sludgy, really catchy, really sort of groovy, and they just manage, they just lift everything. And I think probably why I do think this is better than Warmth of a Dying Sun is that every single song is lifted by a simpler but catchier guitar part. Mm. Mm. It's really hard to write simple guitar parts that mm-hmm. sound difficult mm-hmm. or or catchy guitar parts that are simplistic but unique mm-hmm. and this record pretty much every song has got just something going good little it go go ba ba or whatever mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's not like you know the early the like you know what i mean it's not the kind yeah. of mathy stuff from the early days it is just like thuggy fucking riffs there's but one... and there's so many ba- like you know there's so many bands that do that and they just sound like every other band yeah and they don't sound like that no there's one callback to their early days i would say which is the third track i can't remember the title Dull Ache behind my Dull eyes. Ache behind my eyes mm. i'd say that's the callback to their um the, to, to grayer and the early eps that sammy and justine did together but i think for the most part yeah it, it, uh, uh, 100% i agree yeah with you. and also uh, another cool thing which you know far beyond driven again you've picked up on um the the, the moments in you know that had the cover of uh planet caravan on it so it ended with a very melodic sort of blissed out thing at the, at the end of it and on this record bare bones and a blue sky mm. is the moment where they go you know we are capable of um it's not just kind of riffs and dissonance we are capable of doing something with melody we are capable of kind of doing something a bit more expansive and you know just sawtooth twin as well the little kind of 90 second yes. gap between um harsh truth and force fed is yeah. just this little kind of ambient guitar part that sort of builds and then but then when that riff to force fed comes in it just sounds 20 times heavier so they're quite you know they, they haven't Again, it's dynamics and yeah, dynamics and inventiveness. And I think this is this, you know, this is a heavy record throughout, and there Mm. aren't many places in it at all where you'd go, oh, this isn't heavy. Even the clean stuff kind of has a dissonance and heaviness to it. But rather than be, um, rather than be, but it it doesn't feel undynamic in any way shape or form it feels like they use the entire spectrum of that a large part of what they could i think they could go even further i think they could and i think there are um whilst i totally agree that this is less of a jump uh than grayer to warmth was so the, the jump between warmth and eternal is is lesser i think stylistically 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 yeah and certainly not in quality but stylistically speaking i think um i think there are a few things that they've added on here such as that epic quality that you're talking about on the songs like uh remind me of the last track the name of it bare bones bare bones on a blue sky bare bones on a blue sky there's almost a sort of deftones-esque or either actually i'm gonna 
throwing a band here. I've been listening to loads of, do you know, Jizu, the mm-hmm. Justin Broderick project, yeah. very kind of heavy shoegazy kind of, there's that sense of open chords and that kind of Deftones Minerva-esque, grand-esque-ness yeah. to a lot of what they're doing. You can hear it on um, the chorus of the title track as well, which mm. is out. So you can hear that now. And like, it sounds, uh, that excites me. The idea of a, of Employed going in that direction really, really excites me. And there's um, that just sounds huge because... I think they're thinking about the fact that they're, you know, they are playing bigger venues now. They're not playing massive venues yet, but they're doing the garage um, the day this comes out. And, um, you know, compared to like the Black Heart, upstairs mm. of the Black Heart, they are thinking about how do we expand and make, you know, fill out those bigger rooms. Yeah. And it, rem- it reminds me a bit of, it, rem- it reminds this, to, you know, kind of going from greater than you remember to... I always think about the sort of bands that they would be put, you know, if they'd have come out in 1994, like the sort of bands they would have been put in with. If you think what Converge, it took Converge three albums before they came up with Jane Doe Mm. and then for them to progress to where they went on You Fail Me. This to me, like you listen to the title track on You Fail Me and Mm -hmm. that's got that same, it's not got the Deftones Minerva sort of thing, but Mm -hmm. it has got that like, it's that slow paced, sort of much wider grander stomp to it yeah for sludgy for 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 converge yeah yeah and i you know like i i think they've they've sort of gone for a bit of that already Mm. three albums in Mm. and i think they've got it pretty fucking like i mean the standard is throughout this whole record i think is is very very high it's sky high Mm. um i will say i don't think it's spoiling anything to say that this has quite <laughs> i've been really excited to talk about this record because this has been in my in my head this has been my album of the year so far right for the first sort of three or four months of this year basically mm. um uh and you know even even looking forward there isn't an awful lot surpassing it at the moment um, no, i think in terms of certainly in terms of heavy heavy music oh uh, i, I, I I, I'm 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 speak I'm talking about everything. I think I think mm. this is you know right up there. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I almost feel like Kerrang gave Warmth of a Dying Sun their album of the year yeah. in 2017, and I'm almost a bit like, well, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to like create another special award for this record? Because <laughs> I just feel like it's it is warmth, but tighter and tauter and mm. just refined so brilliantly. Um, and you know, I like, I think, I think that's good. I think that's an okay thing to do. I do moan sometimes about bands releasing similar albums again and again, but I, it's not quite, the, it's, it's no, no. two I, records. I think, you know? I mean, this is something I put down actually, because having been really excited when they came out and then having been really excited when they changed and, and adapted, yeah, I put this on and I went, oh, it's kind of similar to Warmth of a Dying Sun. But all the songs are better and it's yeah. just brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's just and the bit, high, just like better. I say, the high points are much higher. Mm. And I actually think, yeah, con- like consistently it's better as well. So yeah. I think not only are, is it better all the way through, the bet I would take the best. If you put that, if you put all those songs together and if you did what thing you did and ranked them, the best probably Labyrinth. three songs would be 
off this record i think i mean the the last three tracks i think are all contenders for their best song <laughs> to yeah. be honest um like it yeah it, it ends like it ends so well the second half of this record well for, yeah from force fed onwards i think but even then like the first three the first four the whole thing's yeah, great the, the whole thing's brilliant yeah that's yeah. the thing but it, the I mean, certainly amazing. the second half of it is absolutely brilliant i thought that was the case with warmth as well i have to say i think yeah, it, I yeah think, that's true actually i think the first half you know what has happened with these records is the first half has been the stuff which kind of gut punches you the mm. more singly kind of stuff for the most part and the second half they experiment a little bit more i do think their more experimental tracks really yield amazing results mm. I, I like the combination of the two and i don't think they should you know get rid of the gut punchy stuff or anything like that at all but uh, it's, they're very good at it they're just very good at it yeah they're mm. just very fucking good and if you're that good i mean that was the thing that i was going to say actually is that when you're that good at doing that thing um i don't think people should get too i think at this point you know, I don't know if people are going to go, oh, it just sounds like the last, a bit like the last one. Um, but I think you should probably just allow yourself to enjoy the fact that they are that fucking good at doing that type of music. Because there's mean, not many bands in this country that are. I put Venom Prison in a similar situation. Like, you know, when I spoke about the Venom Prison album, I again, I think the Venom Prison album is fucking awesome. I still mm. listen to it. I think it's brilliant. And that is just like, I don't, you know... You could, they're so good at that. And mm. employed to serve are so good at this. But employed to serve do have more layers. They've got more going than, on. Than Venom Prison. They're I think just, they just do. Don't I they? think that's why they interest me more mm. um, than Venom Prison. I, 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 I do agree that Venom Prison are fantastic at what they do. Mm. Um, but there's more dynamic range within what employed are doing. Um, is there anything you don't like about this record there's nothing i don't no no there's nothing i don't like about it i think the production's better as well yep i think it sounds better beefier yeah it does sound like the sort of thing you would expect to get if you went back to 1995 or whatever and this came out i just think it, it would be like it would be a big deal wouldn't it i just I, can't imagine it I, do you know what i yes i agree i i i, I yes and it um I've actually said this to them <laughs> and I, I do, I do think it would be um, potentially a massive deal if it came out uh, 20 years ago. And I don't think there's any point in kind of like, you know, I Oh, mean, if, if only, just, if only blah, blah, blah. But yeah. Um, yeah, potentially just, just because like I say, yes, it's really heavy, but it just feels like occasionally you get a massively heavy record actually infiltrating the mainstream. And um, I don't know in another time you you never know this could have potentially done it we should actually talk about um justine the way that her vocals have become so much clearer mm -hmm. it's well, fucking it's, excellent it, it feels to me like a dual vocal album there's a lot point. more sammy yep. on it yeah 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 and sammy whenever often when sammy comes in it's like it's fucking excellent mm. um but i think um I really, there are very few records like this where you can actually hear what what they're singing about. Let's be honest. There's mm. very, very few, you know, that you, you don't need the lyric sheet in front of you to know. But quite, I'd say a large portion of this album, you don't actually need the lyric sheet to hear what's being yeah. screamed, and, basically. Yeah, and hooks. And hooks. Finding yeah. hooks Once in again. a way to be screamy and, you know, kind of articulating every word. Um, 
It's really good. Yeah. I think Robbie deserves a shout out as well. Oh, yeah. His drumming fucking, is fucking great. outrageous. Mm. But to be honest, I mean, every single member of this band is on just... Do you change absolute... anything about it? <sighs> right. I mean... You can say the artwork or something. No, well... It's got great typo-negative style artwork. Yeah, the it? artwork's great. There's the... Uh, if I was being really fucking picky, like mm-hmm. really fucking picky, there's the odd lyric here or there which makes me go, eh. But other than that... Okay. Well, there you go. Eternal Forward Motion by Employed to Serve is out right now. And it's one of the albums I of the year. I think if you like metal, <laughs> yeah. I think you should probably go and listen to it. I'd because... be really interested to know if anyone's willing to listen to it who isn't into metal, though. I'd be kind of interested to know if you get any enjoyment out of it in terms of that, you know, because people who don't like metal must have bought Far Beyond Driven and people who don't <laughs> like metal must have bought Iowa for them to get to number one in the Billboard No, I chart. just think everybody that liked metal bought it and mm. everybody that liked metal bought it. Maybe that's how it happened. I don't think people who didn't like metal went, oh, I'll give that a go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give fucking you know, strength beyond strength a go. I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe not with Pantera. Maybe with Slipknot. Maybe with Slipknot. Iowa. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's out now. So, but yeah, I'd be interested to hear that. Yeah. I'd be really did. interested. To um, know. let's talk about the get up kids. They've got a new album. It's called problems. It's their first album in eight years since it went on hiatus in 2011. There are rules was the last one. This is their sixth record. Uh, Renfrey. Most nope. people will probably know, um, if they've spent much time listening to my various opinions, that something to write home about by the get up kids is one of my all time favorite mm. melodic emo albums ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a brilliant 10 out of 10 joyous, lovely thing that is as good as Weezer at their very, very best. It's a brilliant record. It's a teal album, essentially. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's a brilliant record. Mm. I, I wouldn't go quite that far, I have to say. I do think it's a brilliant record. I think mm. it's a classic of its genre. Um, just to be a prick, I prefer their next record on a wire. Oh, do you? Yeah. Uh, that's funny, that, because it, <laughs> I was about to say, it is the only Get Up Kids album that I give a flying fuck about. Right, okay, interesting. Mm. Um, I give a flying fuck about the first three. Okay. Uh, which is four minute mile something to write home about. I, I don't mind four minute mile. Yeah, actually. four That's, minute mile's decent. Yeah, um, four minute mile is a rough and ready something to write home about, and mm-hmm. then they just made it brilliant on something yeah. to write home about. And then I think on on a wire they just went a bit kind of maturer, but there's just something about it. I yeah, you like it. I mean, that was I probably was being a bit of a baby about it at the time. <laughs> I was like, why I want more poppy songs? <laughs> so um, it probably came out. Yeah, on a wire is probably like two thousand or something like. No, two thousand four. I think it was two thousand three. Oh, okay. Yeah, fine. Something like that. I don't um, I don't know, but it was around that time. I'm sure it was. Uh, but ver- yeah. a fantastic band and a very, very important band in that uh, second wave of emo mm-hmm. along the lines of... Well, they were contemporaries of early Jimmy World. Yeah. Um, Saves the, the Promise day. Ring, Saves Promise the ring. Day. Uh, Jets to Brazil. Texas is the reason. Texas was that around reason. that time? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, stuff like that. Basically, mm. mo- that emo sound that yeah, we Jade Tree. Yeah, sort of stuff. that we both tend to like. Main part really like. Yeah, mm, really, really like. Yeah. Um, did you hear their last record? I didn't. No. Okay. No, I, I, I did. I, I've got to be honest. The Get Up Kids to me became a band 
who I went, well, I've got my album of theirs that I like. Yeah. I don't really listen to this. I mean, particularly when that came out in 2011, I was like, I don't listen to this sort of thing anymore, you yeah. know, because obviously along came My Chemical Romance and Fallout Boy. I actually got mm. no beef with My Chem at all. But I guess the kind of the mainstream um, emo explosion of, you know, from Thursday and Taking Back Sunday onwards, which became Fallout Boy and... Uh, Aiden and whoever else you want to mm. you know um all those sort of bands uh was of no interest to me no and most of them the fact that I can't even remember anyone else apart from those three bands I think should probably say it all really but yeah but at that point I was not really interested in that type of music full stop so the get up kids didn't really you know didn't really uh have much interest in my what I was listening to and didn't really fit in with what I was listening to at that time. They did one of those very interesting things where they basically went on hiatus after four albums um, and came back with uh, these are they, these are rules. There are rules. Yeah. Which is an album which was unlike anything they'd ever done before. Right. And consequently got a, I mean, it got an okay critical response overall, but it was very kind of, some people seem to be like, this is a really brave move and it's really smart. Um, I rem- I think Karan gave it two Ks, you know, some people, and some people just like, it's awful. And sort of overall, it was kind of like a fairly mixed reception, right. but it didn't kind of do all that much. Cause I think a lot of people were just kind of confused. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I, I think it's all right. It was just a bit of a kind of, oh, wow, you're, you're doing this now. This is quite different. Mm. Whereas Problems feels like uh, it's certainly not something to write at home about part two. But when the first song Satellite came in, I could hear it felt more reminiscent of the old Get Up Kids. I mean, you say it's I not something to write home about part two. That's only because it's not as good as something to write home about. <laughs> Surely. Do you think stylistically it sounds very similar? Very, very similar. Really? It sounds a bit gruffer. Hmm, okay. I mean, like you say, Satellite, I think... I think the first like, couple of songs are... Yeah, good, Lou good Barlow. Yeah. Um, I, is that pro-Lou Barlow or anti-Lou Barlow? I don't... I, I still can't I remember. Thought I think anti- he just says he sees him on the street and yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. So don't Lou know. Barlow, formerly of Sebado, or currently of Sebado. I think currently, yeah. Currently, yeah. Sorry. Um is got a song named after him and it seems quite bitter it, the thing is i think this is all right actually i think this is a pretty good yeah. record yeah i think it's a pretty good record um in a world where i guess in a world where um something to write home about exists this is the main problem with writing a record which is so great hmm. is that in a world where something, <laughs> something to write home about exists problems is a great reminder of oh i, I like this band I should go and listen to their really, really brilliant record. Um, and it's quite good. Like you say, you know, the first five songs on it are really, are really good. Yeah. Um, it's got all the stuff that I like from the Get Up Kids. Mm. It doesn't really sound, you know, they, they appear to have been kind of frozen in time. They still sound exactly the same in terms of, production and his voice and the guitar tones and those like those key bits in the background yeah. I, I think it still sounds like the get up kids if you love that band and yeah. you want to go and you love that record i i, I disagree slightly I, I think exactly the same as a little ott i think i think um 
I, th- I, I do. I mean, <laughs> what are the what are the key new differences that they've brought in oh, on this don't record? Don't ask for specifics. Don't ask. Don't make me justify what I've just said. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I, th- I mean, this is going to be a lame thing to say because this is exactly what it is. But it sounds like the Get Up Kids twenty years on, which is exactly what it is. Because yeah, there's something to write home about is twenty years old. Yeah, uh, it, um, it does, but. I think it's a bit mature. I think it's. I think it's mature. Uh, I mean, I like I said to to begin with. I think this is actually quite a good mix of on a wire and and mm. and something to write home about. It's, not quite as good as either. It's not as angsty as something to write home. No, about. no. It's not as annoyed and it's not as angry. No, but it isn't exactly. It's not a not a particularly happy record. I mean, no. later on we're going to talk about a, a record which sounds happy but isn't. Um, yes. And um, this has got a bit of that. And I always like I always like that about the Gap Kids. Yeah. Although they do, it's an album that seems kind of resigned to the fact, like something to write home about. Felt pretty, like it felt sugary and lovely. It sounded sugary and lovely, but it felt really kind of annoyed at what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah Whereas this feels a bit more resigned to what's going on. But in terms of when you listen to it. Do the keys are all are all the elements of the Get Up Kids on this record? Yes, they are. Yes, fair enough. And that's not a bad thing. No, no, no. It's definitely not a bad thing. Um, I think this, rec- you know, it's it's a good record. Mm, yeah, it's another Get Up Kids record, which isn't as good as something to write home about. But like, fine. I th- I think it's decent. I wonder. I think uh, there are rules might have made a lot of people not interested in gap kids anymore mm. and i think that's, I mean, i've not heard it and i wasn't interested at the time so i can't really comment yeah. on whether or not that's accurate but yeah unfortunately i mean the, the last album they released before they split up as well guilt show was not great either uh, so i think they kind of that you know they released a not great album split up didn't do anything for a long time then came back then released an album which i wouldn't say isn't great but confused a lot of people and now they're back eight years later. And they're just doing, they're playing it fairly safe. Safe, safe, certainly safer than they had been. Mm. Um, and I, I feel like if this record had come out uh, when These Are Rules came out, it might have actually had a bit more of an impact. Well, this might do. You never it know. Might. I mean, they're back. And if people kind of, I don't know, one of two things is going to happen. People are either going to go, oh my God, it's 20 years since I'm going to write home about... The Get Up Kids have just released a new album. Oh, wow. What a great band the Get Up Kids were. I should listen to their new album. And they're going to listen to it and they're going to go, oh, it sounds like classic. This, this, it sounds like classic Get Up Kids. Yeah. It sounds like what you would... when I, when I If I say to you, think of what the Get Up Kids sound like, it sounds like this. I Surely. Of, I think of Red Letter Day. But yeah, yeah. But there's, you know, there's, there's stuff on this. It doesn't sound a million miles away from Red Letter Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, kind of but chunky, chunky emo riffs that kind of bound along. Really cool, like Hammond organ parts. Yeah. yeah. Really nice, sort of high, bright um, vocals with really good hooks. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. One thing I will say though, they released an EP last year called Kicker, mm. um, which actually was great. Like, actually, really good. Yeah, I listened to that. That is good, actually. Um, and I think this album reaches the heights of Kicker, but is not as consistent. I mean, oh, you know, it's an album compared to an EP, so maybe that's a little bit hard. It, it's four, four, but yeah, but it's it's very, it's it's you know, fourteen minutes long or something like that. 
Uh, this is this th- is thirty seven minutes long. And it's yeah, perfectly enjoyable 37 minutes the um the length actually feels about perfect mm. for a podcast that talks about length or let's face it for me uh talking about length quite a lot mm. uh it feels perfect um in terms of like it gets in and gets out in, in the perfect kind of uh timing i think yeah i think it's yeah i think it's really good and i really like the get up kids and yeah me too i, I want people to know about yeah me too I, I i like this a lot mm-hmm. i just think do you know what i mean if I'm trying to think of one band who have just released one absolutely like if Hundred Reasons brought a new album out mm. and we went oh it's it sounds a bit like Ideas Above Our Station but not as good like Ideas Above Our Station is chock wall to wall fucking bangers mm-hmm. and that feels like quite a small band I'm trying to think and out come the walls I mean the thing is Rancid albums are all are all a bit different they're all very different from each other but if Rancid came out and they released an album which just sounded like an out come the walls mm. it's not going to be as good. No, but it would make you go, oh, that's good that they've mm-hmm. got within touching distance of this absolute fucking pearl mm-hmm, of mm-hmm, punk rock. Mm-hmm. And I think something to write home about is is that good. I think it's a fucking full blown 10 out of 10 record. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Yeah. It's a fucking great. It's, it's a perfect record. And this is, it, it sounds like it. Mm. It's the same band doing songs. And I go, oh, that sounds just like that album, which is brilliant. It's probably not quite as high a standard to it. But this is a, this is, you know, I'd give this 8 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. I'd give this 8 out of 10. I think it's really good. Yeah. It's an unusual move for Get Up Kids because I think the Get Up Kids have never wanted to stay in the same place. Yeah, that um, might be the one thing that people have a sort of problem with is that they, they have developed into uh, a band who don't sit on the same sort of place so if you've been away for eight years and you've not released an album then when it comes out it sounds like you know yeah. the biggest album you've ever done there yeah. might be people who are like oh no but i'm not one of those people well something to write home about got some traction in the underground certainly mm-hmm. um and um the smart commercial move i'm not saying the right move but i'm saying that the commercial move would have been to write something to write home about two part two uh next and they, didn't do and that. they absolutely did not do they, that they then wrote, it got sla- that got slated in i don't know why it did get it slated yeah, slated. yeah. So, you but know. i think it's a great record but yeah, it's, it's a right. it's a much more kind of mature sort of version of what they do but um yeah i i, I it's a great it's a very good record yeah, i like good. it yeah it is good. very good so listen if you like that sort of thing you've never heard the get up kids Listen to this because something new for you to listen to, but definitely listen to something to, get, to write home about. And just yeah. listen to the Get Up Kids, to yeah, be yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, a great definitely. band. They're a really, really great band. Um, the album's called Problems, and it is out right now. So uh, this came out last week, uh, our next album, which is why we didn't do it at the top of the show because we actually just kind of ran out of space last week, didn't we? And there was a sort of chat about whether we should do this or whether we should do Bad Religion. We've sort of dropped out Bad Religion this week. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's, 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 give the full, let's give the full story. I'm happy to take the hit for this one. Okay. So I kind of... Um, we're about to do a, uh, the, the next Monomath album. Yeah, uh, Berserker by Monomath we are yeah. about to talk about. Now, I uh, knew this was coming out and um, my kind of feeling was... Uh, uh, Amon and Marth are releasing a new album. It's going to sound like all the other albums. Um, I would imagine that you'll be like, yeah, it's quite good. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then we'd move on. And I just didn't think it'd be a very interesting album to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, Steve, you gave me a little bit of context, which yeah. uh, changed my mind. Well, uh, would you like to tell us? I'm why? holding the brand new issue of Metal Hammer in my mag- magazine in my hand right now. Uh, and as I flick through it, 
wow, there's a really, really good feature about the prodigy in there. That's good. And <laughs> right. uh, wow, oh, there's something about Marilyn Manson and Courtney Love. Whoever <laughs> wrote that must be great. But um, on the front cover, you fucking dropped my fudge. I've Why do you have fudge. to ruin my house? I'm going to have um, I'm going to eat it you can eat that mate there's only cat hair on it um amonomath on the front cover uh and it says amonomath want metal's throne now there's a very good feature inside um which is a very interesting interview where johan Hegg, the lead singer of amonomath is saying that they want when metallica and iron maiden pass on amonomath want to be there pass on that's a little sad pass on the torch I, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. of heavy metal <laughs> yeah. amonomath are there waiting like with so, itchy yeah. fingers to grab it like grasp a, it like the the heaviest relay race in the world <laughs> yeah um so this is their 11th album last one was 2016 uh joms viking uh they ended up on the main stage at download mm-hmm. on the back of that tour they ended up headlining bloodstock open air on the friday night in 2017 um and it was quite a good short show as i recall it I was wasn't there. Great, yeah. But it was really good. They did the Golden Gods. Did the Golden Gods, yeah. Brought the whole and fucking brought the whole thing. Yeah. It's really good. And I saw that, and it was only sort of four songs rather than the mm-hmm. whole set. But yeah, lots of fire. Was it dragons at the side of the stage? Dragons at the side of the stage, like a kind of long boat came out. Mm. Full blown hammer that they smashed with pyro. It was impressive. Big, big, big show. Yeah. Right now, I actually. Not you can look at the read the Metal Hammer interview, which you should do. But just for a, a chat that, that from an older Hammer about a year and a half ago, I spoke to Johan on the phone, and I said, you know, the reason for doing Pyro in a big show, and he said to me, so I know they're not kind of they're not you know enveloping this story at all. They or, or you know kind of going overboard with it. He said to me like flat out, yeah, we we want to be Iron Maiden. We want to be as big as Iron Maiden. We want to be the band that. When when you go to Chile, a hundred thousand people turn up to watch us. We want to carry that torch on Friar Maiden, and basically, like, like you quite rightly say, listening to Berserker, um, it's and and that that headline Bloodstock show again. I saw them at the at download on the main stage. It is everything which is sort of brilliantly absurd and exciting about classic heavy metal music that's what yeah. i'm on a math do bombastic ridiculous really heavy melodic but guttural balls like fucking you know no subtlety about it whatsoever and you know you you can imagine that that would appeal to a very 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 large section of people who have grown up listening to judas priest and Iron Maiden or Motorhead or Alice, even Alice Cooper, like who do musically is very different, but the show itself is fucking massive. And, and they've got good songs as well. Like they've Mm -hmm. got like really, really good songs. I thought John's Viking was good. I think they're a good band. Yeah. Berserker sounds like a monomath. Mm -hmm. It does. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to sit here and give you this really, really detailed play-by-play, track-by-track um, sort of dissection of 
every song. The only surprise for me, just to jump in super quickly, was the first song has a um, intro which is acoustic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's a bit at the end as well. There's a little bit <laughs> of acoustic stuff. There's a little stuff well. at the end as well. Uh, but the, yeah, I mean, the first song. I mean, it actually sounds like the intro to Battery. Funnily enough, uh, Battery by uh, Metallica. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was. Other than that, I was like, it's another Ramon Moth record, more or less. And I mean, I think you know when I think of songs like like Crack the Sky. Not the Mastodon yeah. song, Raven's Flight, mm-hmm. of absolutely massive choruses. But there's absolutely, again, there is no um, heed being paid to commercial sensibilities at all. When you hear bands like I don't know, um, uh, like Bring Me the Horizon or whoever one of the While She Sleeps, whoever one of those bands, and you say, like, oh, you know, we want to push things forward to go to them. They're trying to push things into mainstream territories. They're trying to co-opt mainstream ideas i'm on a month i've been going for 30 years mm. and have absolutely no interest whatsoever in trying to appeal to mainstream audiences they only want to appeal to heavy metal audiences and you know 27 30 years down the line is that enough to turn them into the sort of band that can be as big as iron maiden renfrey i don't know that for a fact I know what I think, but I'm interested to to know what you think. (laughs) Well, the massive difference that I've kind of been holding inside whilst you've been doing that preamble with a Monomath and a Maiden or an Alice Cooper or a Metallica musically and stylistically. I mean, a Monomath refer to themselves and I would say broadly are a melodic Mm. death metal band. Yep. And melodic death metal... Um, has never got to the size of a Metallica or Iron Maiden or Alice Cooper or who was the other bands you mentioned? You know, those massive, massive, massive priests, you know, those massive, massive acts. Um, And I feel is incredibly unlikely to. Yeah. Uh, You know, that's not a diss on melodic death metal, a lot of which I quite like. You know, I like some of it. But like, I, I just don't see it. I mean... Johan, Johan Hegg himself has a, a, a vocal style which does not lend itself to commercial viability. That's true. That's again, that's not an insult. It is. I think his vocals are actually quite good in lots of ways, mm. but it doesn't lend itself to daytime radio one or he anything like that. Sounds more. I mean, I don't think. I don't think that he has <laughs> gone melodic or tried to do singing parts or anything. But I think the last couple of records, there's been a change in the cadence in which he sings a little bit. Really? I think think if you listen to... Now, I noticed this yesterday. If you listen to Till Lindemann, Mm -hmm. the way he kind of... Johan Hegg used to... to, If you listen to something like... um, you know, something of the wolf. Like he used to really like... And there's still a bit of that. But a lot of... He, he used to roll through um, his lines. Mm. In this, a lot of it is clipped. Even though you can't necessarily understand exactly what he's saying all the time, I think it's kind of, the cadence is shorter and it's clipped and it's um, barked with a kind of staccato-like nature, which is what, you know, people can't understand Till from Ramstein. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think speaking bloody German, isn't he? Well, yeah, he's speaking German. I mean, Germans can understand him, <laughs> and people who can speak German can also understand him. Don't write in. Um, and <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, I think there has been a slight, and it is very, very slight. I think there has been a slight um, progression to try and not tame or taper his vocals to uh, appeal to more people, but just to go right. Well, there is a chance that if we're going to play to more people, they're going to want to sing along and they're going to find it easier to kind of bark along to those more clipped vocal lines than they will the kind of really, really kind of indecipherable stuff of the earlier material. Could that not also, though, and I'm only devil advocating this because I don't really know, but could that not also just be Johan Hegg improving as a singer yeah generally. yeah 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 i mean yeah it definitely could be like yeah. I, I don't mean that in a you know it's not a cynic it's not a cynical thing but mm. i think they obviously they have talked at length about how they want to be you know they're interested in 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 progressing to be this this festival headliner mm. something's got to give mm. you know if you're doing that something has got to give well this is the thing i mean this is the thing that we're sort of skirting around but i think in a, in a sense, the issue with this record in terms of where they want to go yeah. um, is uh, it isn't cynical. It's another Amon Amarth record, yeah, yeah. which isn't massively different. Uh, so I, uh, like, I, I'm i not going to sit here and pretend that I've listened to all of Amon Amarth's back catalogue. Um, I've heard Twilight of the Thunder God. Mm. Um, I've heard one other record since then, uh, uh, which is or- vaguely orange cover uh and and i've heard this record yeah and and then bits and pieces of other stuff um and you know i i was a being songs from this and twilight of the thunder god because twilight of the thunder god is considered kind of that's considered them magnum opus so far would yeah you i say? guess so i mean certainly the uh, maybe the commercial breakthrough certainly the point where people really started taking notice i felt yep. um and i you know I don't know if this is a positive or a negative or I mean, you could take it either way, but really these songs and the Twilight of the Thunder God songs, I think in terms of quality are exactly the same. Yeah, but, but they I, are a very, very, very consistent band. Yeah, they're, they're, they're enormously consistent. And I do, but after 11 albums, you have to kind of ask yourself, is that what you want from now? Some of Monomath fans clearly do want that. And they are gradually getting more and more popular. And mm-hmm. slow you know, and steady wins the race, mate. Slow and steady wins the race, of course. Um, but they're in order to get to a Metallica level or an Iron Maiden level or something like that. Particularly in a day and age when it's harder to do that than ever, you have to do a Black album mm. or something of that nature. Well, I mean, have, that hasn't worked for a long time, though. Well, exactly. I mean, that, you know, that's not <laughs> exactly. really worked for anyone with the exception of probably Bring Me the Horizon. I th- I who think, at this point, I think, have gone away the other way. I think that's got more to do with how the industry's changed. But mm. but yeah, even, even so, then, that's not a guarantee that it's going to happen. And actually, in this day and age, it's very unlikely that that's going to happen, even if you, even if you do quote unquote play the game i don't think it is playing the game but even if you do do that even mm. if you do do your black album doesn't mean no because ev- everyone really. a lot a lot a lot of people have had a go at doing a black album and yeah. it rarely works the, the ones that have worked have been the ones that we mentioned before yeah. iowa you know yeah. um 
Slipknot um, and Do you think Fire I Andre. was a black album? No, no, I don't. I, the, the opposite. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Exactly. I'm saying yeah, normally, yeah. like, if, even, and you think Avenge ended up headlining Download again on the stage after Hell to the King, and Hell to the King got to number one, and that was their black album. I said, oh, you know, it's this great success. Mm. But actually, they got, I think they got bigger on the stage, which is a much more difficult record. Yeah. So, you know, the, um, I think now the, the, the whole new set of rules, isn't it? I personally, for what it's worth, I can't ever see a Monomath getting to the same stature as the bands that we've mentioned. I can't even really see them getting to the same stature as how big I think Ghost or even Parway Drive will get. Um, no. Personally, no. I just, I just don't think that enough people um, will, like you say, enough people will be, will get enough exposure to them, and I think if they're going to be people's intro to melodic death metal, which they might be for a lot of people. Yeah, it's be. still like it's very, it's quite niche. Yeah, yeah, that's like, the it's thing. Massively it's... niche, and but but that's not just. And particularly, a monomath are a niche. Why I don't mind a monomath sounding like a monomath hmm. is because a monomath are a niche sound within a niche subgenre of a niche style of music. Mm-hmm. So their little corner that they've created, I think, is fucking cool because I don't think anyone else is doing what they do. Like no one else does kind of Viking death metal you got battle metal and you got that kind of like power metal stuff but is anyone doing melodic death metal because this is like proper melodic you know it, it's heavy metal and it's death metal and it's all kind of but it's mixed with that like you know that, that classic heavy metal style and i think you know when you li- when when i think of melodic death metal bands i think of like in flames or yeah or at the gates or whatever and yeah. this doesn't sound anything like that at all and then when i think of like a power metal band thing like you know blind guardian or rhapsody or something like that and they don't sound like that either so they've kind of straddled two very um unusual types of music and melded them together and no one else is really doing that i mean uh, you're about to say tourist ass or something like that aren't you i don't (laughs) think that's accurate at all um i i i you, you may well be right i don't think either of us are would be the people to go to 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 talk about power metal, to talk about power metal, or or Viking metal, or or whatever. I don't think either of us, um, even even to an extent, melodic death metal. Um, you know, if if you're really going to get fully into that, like, there's going to be a lot of bands in Europe and stuff which are just going to totally go over our heads, who may well be doing this thing. But I suppose in that sense they are doing something a bit different but when i listen to a monomath record i don't feel like it's radically different from other things i haven't heard before if that makes sense no but it's a cool you know like i think to have your own little lane and have your own very sort of specific they're they're a very kind of uniquely specific band of what they do and i think they write really good songs johan's got a very distinctive voice those songs are really catchy i mean like i said the two singles that they released on the two that i mentioned raven's flight um and I mentioned Crack the Sky, Shield Wall as well. And there's a really cool um, kind of build up in um, the Berserker Stanford Bridge, which I think is a yes, really, really good song actually. as well. Which... I, 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 I'll say I do really like Crack the Sky because mm. this is a like um, throwing Thor's hammer into the blackened sky yeah. kind of thing. Like, that, yeah, there's, there's some. It's cool. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, like, I wonder about. Uh, I cynically kind of thought, I wonder if um, they're kind of trying to make this run for the top now because of kind of game of thrones becoming massive and stuff like that i mean <laughs> for, the, for a long time um fantasy and 
Vikings and D and D stuff and all that all that kind of stuff that you could put this world into. I mean, you know, Amon Amath is uh, is derived the name. It's derived from Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, for ages it wasn't cool, and in the last you know fifteen years or so, it's become really really cool. But but that's the thing. If that was the case, then I think it would have happened. 10 15 years ago i think it takes a long time to build up something like this maybe personally i mean it's you know it takes yeah it does take a long time for bands to kind of get but you know and the other thing you do go well if they've been around like yeah if they've been around this long and they're the future of metal yeah around like for 11 albums well that's the other no disrespect to monomath but if they were the future of metal i think that would be really bad for the genre because because it, it I want the future of metal to be something genuinely exciting and, and sonically something that people haven't heard before and mm. something, you know, I don't think, I don't think, um, saying, I don't, I don't think putting this band forward as the future of metal. I think if an outsider comes in and goes, Oh, right. So this is the new cool, exciting stuff happening in metal. I think they'll be like, this is a genre which is, hasn't moved on barely at all you know that's probably what they would hear from it it's true actually yeah and i mean because it is so like steeped in classic heavy metal culture yeah but then I, again, and i think that's, that's the a, problem that you might that can be a weakness or a or a strength absolutely yeah no it can and and, and actually all of this i'm trying very hard to like be on the fence with it because I, I, there is something that i genuinely truly admire about a band sticking to their guns for 11th 11 albums and i do sort of concede that they do have their kind of slightly unique little niche within a niche and a niche and a niche and all this kind of thing and and in that respect and you know like i said they do that show was fucking great you know there, there are lots of elements about monomath that i think are fantastic and i imagine when i imagine a monomath fan I imagine an Monomath fan would be perfectly happy with this record. I would have thought. Because mm. um, it's like, to me, it sounds as good as Twilight of the Thunder God. And that's that's the one that I perceive as, you know, as you said, the commercial breakthrough. The mm. one that a lot of people like. Yep. So I see no reason why they wouldn't like this as well. Obviously, I've been very honest in the past in terms of like bands not uh, progressing sonically all that mm. much. You know, they just don't tend to interest me all that much, which is kind of like why I was initially a bit like do we need to do the monomath record because yeah. <laughs> i think musically it's not that interesting it's all right mm. i think it's i think i think it's them doing what they do very well very well yeah i i mean yeah everything you just said i, I kind of agree with you know like i i think this album's really good i i like i have a i have a sort of quite a soft spot for a monomath um and this album's really good uh, where, at doing it on a math record. Where have they announced dates in the UK yet? Um, don't ask me that. I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> don't know. Where do you think they would play? Uh, play now? Probably still the Forum. Yeah, I think at this point, and then we'll you don't think see. this could get them to um, Roundhouse or anything like that. Um, well, no, they've played the Roundhouse actually. Oh, have they? So, oh, fuck me. Um, they are bigger than I, th I think. I yeah, have, I have so okay. Yeah, yeah. If they is around, I, I was assuming the Roundhouse. Roundhouse is three thousand and oh yeah, so they could do the round. Uh, probably not quite Brixton yet, but I think by the end of this, no. you might see them at Brixton. Do you think so? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm I'm certainly not going to sit here and go, no, that's never going to happen because it it 
might. They put a really strong... You know, I remember the first time they did the forum, I remember being like, fucking hell, I'm on a Marth at the forum. Mm. And they were 20 years into their career at that point. And I remember being like, I'm on a Marth. They're playing the forum. That's massive. And they brought um, a bitchery with them and they had um, and they've had Children of Bodom support before when Children of Bodom were, oh, were bigger. Yes. And, you know, and I so I that. think if they put a strong enough bill together, a kind of four-band package... Bill, you know, it's not with absolutely without question could happen. Yes, but I said yes, but I mean those package bills, it's cheating it slightly, isn't it? Well, I mean, you can say that, but ultimately, like you know, if maybe, but they still will have headlined Brixton Academy. True, yeah. and I think you know, um, yeah, I think they they could do that. But we shall see. Anyway, it's a good it's a good record. If you like him on a Martha, you're absolutely not going to be disappointed. If you have someone, again, who likes metal and has never listened to them, but likes old school heavy metal, then, you know, this is a perfectly yeah. good place to get in on. If I you've think. got 10 of Monomath records and are there going, well, I think it's the 11th one where they're going to release like a poker album or something like that, you will be disappointed. You will be. But then you shouldn't really have thought that no <laughs> <laughs> so there you go the uh, 11th one is going to be the one where they change yeah i really love poker and i hate heavy metal but i keep buying this band's album because i just feel like one day they're going to release a poker album you sound like a fucking fool mate you should have been wasting your time and your money and you should listen to it on spotify before you bought it presumably you bought it like pre-order i mean you are you're saying this to me as if as if this happened to me in my own life i thought you meant it did happen no oh, okay no all right, anyway, let's do our last record before we get in a trade-off. Um, it comes from a band called We Never Learnt to Live. The album's called The Sleepwalk Transmissions. Um, five years after their excellent debut record, Silently I Threw Them Skyward. Um, this post-hardcore band, they're Brighton-based, I believe. Are they they not? are. Brighton-based post-hardcore band uh, have finally returned. Uh, Renfrey, I kind of spunked it a bit there. They're a post-hardcore band. Their debut album was excellent. Yes. Um I and I thought that. that they probably weren't going to be around again because it's been four years. And I think, you know, when you're a band of that size, you've got to jump on it or you are thrown off of it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I was pleasantly surprised to learn that there was a new We Never Learnt to Live album. And I'm pleasantly surprised with the results of said album. <laughs> um it's uh yeah we never learned to live are a fucking great band um they kind of started out a little bit more um post metally i would say yes i think their debut self-titled ep is like three tracks but it's like 22 minutes or something like that because there's quite these long epic sort of yeah. songs on them mm -hmm. definitely elements of post hardcore in there but they have sort of slowly trans transmorgified i'm going to use um okay. for some reason uh <laughs> into into a sort of yeah more of a post-hardcore band but then at the same time there is still those epic you can kind of tell they came from the post-metal world because whilst none of the songs on this record are over sort of seven six seven minutes i, th I, I think There's they're more... around five and a half aren't they is this like i think the longest uh, yeah I think yeah the, the longest one the longest is just one under is the six. last yeah radio silence yeah is just one. under six so but actually in a way and i actually mean this in a good way they actually sound longer in a sense because there's so much in them and they're mm. so they're so epic mm. um i i really love this record i think it's great i i think if you are someone who likes Black Peaks, mm -hmm. Black Peaks are a really good sort of counter band to 
to We Never Learnt to Live, I think, because hmm. um, th- they have a similar kind of... Um, it's it's quite difficult to pigeonhole exactly what they are. Yeah. It's yeah. quite heavy, but it's not really metal. It's kind of punky, but it feels too technical to be punky. And it's too kind of grandiose to be punk. Yeah. Um, and and there's a lot of melody in, in there. And there's in, a lot in of melody. The screamings. I'd say it's roughly 50-50 on this yeah. record. Yeah, it is, yeah. And, I mean, it reminds me, I mean, if I... I used to really love Devil Sold His Soul. Well, actually, I still do, actually. Mm-hmm. And Devil Sold His Soul used to do these kind of searingly white-hot, like, squalling, melodic passages that are really... that sounded kind of heavy and aggressive, but were really, really melodic as well. You know, those, like... They used to really kind of strum mm-hmm. those... Yep. those and um, strum those kind of bits out that would just, like, wail. Yep. Uh, but they'd be really catchy. And then mixing that with like funeral for a friend yeah or hell is for heroes i think if you miss i think hell is for heroes is a great show yeah i think if you miss that kind of um that that kind of british uh early noughties post-hardcore thing i'm so glad you said that i totally agree Mm. yeah sorry carry on (laughs) yeah (laughs) then i think i was gonna say i think you'll um you'll really enjoy this yeah i i think um uh hell is for heroes um elements of 100 reasons although not quite as much yeah not quite maybe as even much. tiny bit of vex red but a little bit heavier kind of thing um there's a lot of those bands forever until october that yeah. reminded me of yeah um yeah but but it's that sort of thing yeah i think um actually i think the vocalist his name's sean sean mahoon i think has this amazing he sounds quite a lot in my opinion, it sounds quite a lot like the vocalist from Hellas for Heroes, Justin mm. Schulzberg, in the in the way that he uses this juxtaposition of singing and screaming, and um, you're not quite sure where he's. I mean, you know, sometimes he'll like scream the first line of a verse, and then he'll sing the next two lines, and then the last line is screamed, mm. but then the second verse might be totally different, you know. Um, and he bounces between those two things really, really well, really, really well. Um, but there's also kind of like a very expansive, uh, I don't know if I'm just getting this from the cover as well, cause it's kind of like the satellites on the cover and it's very sort of spacey, but there's bits of it that sort of reminded me of, um, Jupiter era cave in in terms yeah, of yeah, big, yeah, 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 epicness. yeah, space hardcore, space hardcore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's very, very cohesive and of one piece, this mm. album. I, I started out like trying to put down songs that were highlights for me and ended up, I mean, I was just like writing down the track listing because it, it, mm. it feels like one song really. Yeah. Um, in a, in a lot of ways it, it all like but definitely the mood is constant throughout, yeah. isn't it? It's very propulsive and it feels like it's always going somewhere, but it has lots of dynamics and it has lots of things going on in it. Um, it also reminds me of a band. I'm sort of half bringing them up because I know that you're familiar with them, but not many people will be. But there's this band called Radio Alcatraz. Do you yeah. remember them? Yeah. Um, it kind of sounds like quite a lot like them. But if you don't know Radio Alcatraz, I'll be replacing with that the drive-in. There's a bit about the drive-in on this as well. Yeah. Um, far more in Casino Out than Relationship of Command, but That's you know, fair probably. I would, I would say, say that. Yeah. Um, it's just fucking great. It is. It sounds really British as well. I think it does sound very British. I yeah. was going to say your code name is Milo. Ah, another one who it reminded me of a little bit. Do you know what I mean? 
And, yeah, um, I can see that. Well, when you talk about the driving, I think your codename is Milo were the closest thing that we had at we that got, time yeah. to sounding really like the sort of totally mad bits of about the driving. Oh, your, code, your codename is Milo didn't even sound like anyone really. They no, were they were a proper they? special band. They were yeah. fantastic. But yeah, yes, right. yeah, no, I can see that. Definitely. But um, yeah, it doesn't feel like anything's been sort of um, Americanized or is false or fake about this. It all feels like it's really kind of. Um, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Genuine. Genuine. Yeah, that would be that would do. Um, yeah, it all feels really genuine, and I think they're like you say. There's nothing immediately song-wise that jumps out and goes, "This is the single." Like, no, do you know what I mean? Like no. when you first heard "Force Fed" by Employed to Serve, mm-hmm. you were like, "Well, that's going to be stuck in my head forever." Now that's like that is a standalone song on its own whether you hear the rest of the album or not do you know what i mean like when that single came out i was just like this is fucking great Mm. i'm not sure there's anything on this record that stands out as a kind of standalone single like an obvious highlight from the record but that's not a bad thing no um no No, i i think it just it it's just a consistently interesting record of lots and lots of very good bands from it, you know, I think Black Peaks are the only band that we brought up who are a kind of contemporary band. And I don't want people to get the opinion you know, or the idea that this is just a kind of a rehash of something that's been done no, no, before, because no, no. I don't think it is. But all of those bands had a sort of, and, and Black Peaks have as well, they have a kind of a spirit and a, uh, a cohesiveness throughout an entire record mm-hmm. that, um, like listening to the first two Funeral for a Friend albums, you can tell you couldn't take one out of hours and put it in casually dressed and or vice versa. Mm, I think mm. they, it, those two albums are very, uh, even though they kind of sound the same, they are perfectly sequenced to yes. to be that record. And I think they do that. They I do would, that quite I well. I would say that of the first two We Never Learned to Live albums as well, because we've not really talked about Silently I Threw the Sky. No, no, we haven't. That is very good. That oh, Silently I Threw the Sky. Uh, I threw it's something Sky. Silently I Threw through them skywards yeah it is a great title is and right? it's something like that it's yeah, very good so. um also an amazing record but quite quite different like i yeah. say i think the post-hardcore elements definitely they're mm. there but they're not as prominent as they are on this record and mm. i like i like the fact yeah they've been away for quite a while but i like the fact that they're writing cohesive pieces uh, they're writing albums you know they're writing you know uh, we have talked about it a lot the playlist versus albums culture thing but it, it feels like you know we do playlists for this show every week and and it's going to be quite difficult to pick the songs from the album yeah, for, for this because well, yeah. it's like oh it feels like i should just plonk the whole thing on there yeah. you know easier than picking a real big fish one to be fair but <laughs> um yeah uh, but yeah they're good I'm glad they're back as well I don't know why it's taken them four years to write the album maybe it's because they've been working really really hard on it and if they have I mean fair play because yeah. you can hear it yeah 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 you know, it's um, it's good this record it's very very it's, good I, I really like it I think it's fantastic it's another it's the uh it's um holy raw and uh mm. you know we, we all know that holy raw is like a bastion of quality yeah. now but um um this is just another fantastic holy raw band but doing something like a little bit different from all those other bands on holy yeah raw for well. sure so if you aren't aware of the band but you're a fan of funeral for a friend at the drive-in black Hell peaks la dispute i think as well mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah Hell is for heroes uh pff, 
any of those kind of posts thursday yep uh, like if you're a fan of any of that stuff even uh, taking back sunday maybe not so much um but yeah that, that kind amazing of amazing band um he did copper and stars oh planes mistaken for stars. stars i found that on vinyl for 10 quid yesterday oh at my local record shop and i'm don't have 10 pounds to spend at the moment so yeah. i haven't got it dirty well, I'm going to go back by <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> oh, yeah, you've got more money than me. I remember <laughs> no, I'm so poor. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So if, you, if you've if you not heard his band, I really think you should listen to both their albums. But I think this is the best. This is the bigger accomplishment of the two. I think I prefer... Yeah, I do prefer this record. Mm. I think they're both brilliant. And yeah. I think you should listen to both. But I do I do think this is a step up. I think it's ace. Yeah, it's really good. It's called The Sleepwalk Transmissions. It's by We Never Learnt to Live. It's out right now. Right, before we fuck off, we're going to do trade-off. Now, usually on trade-off, what I do is I um, will save the kind of biggest band for last. And there's no doubt about it that this week, the biggest band... It's real big fish. It's ACDC, <laughs> Renfrey. It is ACDC. Uh, I gave, but we're going to do them first because I think actually there's possibly more to speak about with real big fish. Oh, yeah. So ACDC, I flipped a coin last week. Mm-hmm. It was either going to be Fly on the Wall by ACDC or Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. So it was either going to be a Brian Johnson album or a Bon Scott album. Luckily for you, Yes. You got the Bon Scott album. I was very pleased to get the Bon Scott album because as I said, uh, oh, morbidly, he passed away uh, a few streets away from my home. Yeah. So, yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> so it's their third album, although it's their second that was released in Europe. It came out in 1976. It's all very confusing, and it that, isn't it? didn't get a US release until 1981. Which after is after the, he died. After he died, after the success of Back in Black. I was Brian Johnson was in the band. Stunned about that. Maddening. So, maddening so statistic. So yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't really realise this, but it kind of appears that Early, early on, ACDC were big in Australia, but just not big enough uh, around the rest of the world to be for their albums to go officially on sale. It no, seems. Highway to Hell, from what I understand it, is Highway to Hell uh, was the first time they began to crack America a bit. That Was that their two albums later or was it one this album later? This is prior, one just before Back in Black. So it would be Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, Let There Be Rock, Power Ridge, Highway to oh, Hell. Oh, fuck, that's sixth record. Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, and then Back in Black after the Bonds Back, Back in Black, obviously, the, the album that totally broke them completely all over the world, but... It's all right, that record. <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> um, Highway to Hell, the album, which I think they were a big deal by the time. I think by the time Highway to Hell came out, they were a yeah, very, I'd very big... They were a big deal. deal, and obviously massive in Australia. Really big deal around most of the world. I think they were not a huge, huge deal in America. Um, but they've been, you know, I th- if, I've got an ACDC DVD with, you know, them playing um, a whole lot of Rosie and playing Let There Be Rock at Hammersmith Apollo or Hammersmith Odeon. Um, as it would have been. As it would have been back yeah. then in kind of 1978, which is before Highway to Hell came out. So I think they were sizable enough over here. Yeah. They just weren't absolutely massive. So this is one of their early, early, early records. Um I'm just going to go ahead and say it, Renfrey. I've got a real problem <laughs> with anyone who doesn't like ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I don't really understand why you wouldn't, um, why you wouldn't like this band, really. I mean, 
Can I? Can I uh, just because yeah. I I feel like this is aimed at me somehow. No, not um, just you. Just... <laughs> I have never said that I don't like AT. No, you haven't. That's true. That and 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 that would not be a true statement coming from my mouth. I I think ACDC are a great band, actually. Mm. Um, I think for me they are just so. I don't ever go, oh, I'm going to sit down and listen to an ACDC record. I think the reason for that is because they are so omnipresent. I imagine worldwide. I imagine you could go to a random village off the coast of Africa and start singing Highway to Hell and it'll probably be sung back at you, you know? Yeah, it's true. Um, like they're, they, they're they, fucking massive. They are one of those bands. And for me... Guns and Roses are too, though, mate. Yeah. Oh no 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 yeah. no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying this is a, a a bad thing at all. But for me, um, ACDC. I I just if I go out to a establishment that plays rock music, I'm going to hear ACDC, and that kind of. You're not fil- going to hear any of these songs. Um, That's the thing. Well, the only song that I had heard from this album beforehand is the title track. Yep um but yeah but yeah you know i i feel like i get my acdc fix from that the guns and roses thing that you just said is 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 a very good point i think the difference is guns and roses are i discovered guns and roses when i was seven you know i was i was so young i had an older brother who like pushed them onto me and and my life changed and yeah yeah in terms of guns and roses that that is absolutely a very good point but mm. at the time that they, you know if it had been acdc that were pushed on to me then i have the same feelings about acdc as i do about guns and roses i think the thing about acdc like particularly as as opposed to guns and roses there's definitely similarities like they're both massive you're right if you go out to a place that plays rock music anywhere you will hear i mean i went out for lunch this afternoon they're playing led zeppelin and of course what did i hear i heard whole lot of love i heard cashmere i heard stairway to heaven i heard rock and roll do you know what i mean you you hear the songs that you know you're going to hear so the acdc whole lot of rosie um highway back in black Black. you shook me all night long yeah for those about to rock maybe yeah yeah even now probably my favorite acdc song is it okay Um, if i had to choose yeah probably mm, you don't have to don't worry about it um and um (laughs) and uh bearing in mind i all i would have heard is like a, a long way to, off, yeah. Long way thing. to the top if you want to rock and roll. Oh, post um, school of rock. Sorry, that's my favorite ACDC it's song. song. It's a great song. Yeah, but I think the thing about ACDC and why I why I love them as much as I love them, which is a lot. Uh, uh, and I'm not saying I don't love Guns N' Roses. I don't think I think Guns N' Roses. You know, Guns N' Roses basically have four proper studio albums, don't they? Are you counting Chinese Democracy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they've got four, basically got four studio albums. Um, and no one ever goes, oh, they all sound the same. Because they don't. They you know, absolutely they, they do absolutely not. absolutely don't. No. And there's been a long way in between. Whereas the, the thing that gets thrown at ACDC is, oh, every single ACDC album sounds the same. Every single ACDC song sounds exactly the same. They do it with, Ra- with the Ramones and they do it with Motorhead. Those seem to be the three bands that people pick up on. Um, if you're into hardcore, it's Hatebreed as well. Mm-hmm. Um and I just, I don't think that's true. And I think the thing is, if you put on ACDC's greatest hits, yes, you will get, mm. you know, kind of 12 bar blues with a bloke singing about his willy 
mm. for sort of 14, 15 songs. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, this album is bawdy and it's brash mm -hmm. and it's bluesy and it's, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, and it's all those things. But, and, and actually I hadn't listened to it for a few years because it was always the one where I don't, ACD, I don't have a favorite ACDC album particularly. Okay. I think they, you know, I nearly gave you Fly on the Wall, which I think is considered the that and Ball Breaker are considered the sort of the worst two. But um, with the exception of them, I do actually flick between all of the Bon Scott stuff and Back in Black. I was like, which one of those is the best? But the Bon Scott stuff is clearly the best. But I even think for those about to rock's great. I think Black Ice is great. I think um, Flick of the Switch is really underrated as well. You know, there's some really, really good records that they've released that that have songs on it that people will probably don't really even know about and uh and so i hadn't listened but so I, basically i hadn't listened to this for a long time and i will listen back to it and you know there's nine songs on here it's slightly hit and miss this record admittedly uh, it's hit and miss yeah uh, let's take slightly out it's hit and miss okay. I, I so i i will say i will concede to a degree uh i was i was probably one of those people who mm -hmm. quite naively was like yeah all acdc songs sound the same i do still broadly think that but there were one or two minor surprises on this record where i was like oh unfortunately none of those surprises were good surprises ah, okay <laughs> well i would presume that um that big balls is one big of the balls was the first moment where i went Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. I mean, um, it was a different time, Renfrew. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I mean, no, yeah. Um, so how do we describe Big Balls? Big Balls is a, 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 a I mean, it's a searing commentary on uh the um on the upper Don't. class no the upper classes because they they hold balls they hold you know big looks, balls big balls the sort of balls that you would go to um in a gown and like with mm. lovely lovely posh lady and all that kind of thing and do dancing until midnight when she turns into a pumpkin and then uh, but it's also comparing them to um scrotums testicles and, scrotums and balls and the male reproductive uh, organ yes and there are there's much wordplay that that's yeah. had um none of it particularly good or sophisticated in any, i oh, mean well, no it has mean, to be sophisticated yeah. it doesn't have to be sophisticated but as a as an ex-comedian as a currently still very funny guy yeah uh it's not that it's uh, no 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 it's, it's rubbish not. isn't it <laughs> it's, it's a bit it's <laughs> it is shit it's got it's yeah it's not like <laughs> i i find it quite i can't I can't stick up for big balls. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't really. I can't stick up for that. I think that is. Um, I there's that a... is bad. I, I it is bad. I mean, the thing is, because because um, because it rocker comes in straight afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of gets a pass because it's so stupid, and you just. I almost. It's only. You know, it's two and a half minutes long. I, I almost think of it as a, like an interlude. In a lot of ways, and then Rocker yeah. and Problem Child come back to back. Off Problem Child's like, cool. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. Problem Child's this cool. is so. You know, if you take the kind of the track A, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, Love at First Feel. Love at First Feel is not the best ACDC song I actually ever. But quite, I actually quite enjoyed Love yeah. at First Feel. I thought it was quite good, but it's great. And then Big Balls, Rocker, Problem Side A is four fucking bangers, and then a silly little song in the yeah. middle of it, yeah, yeah. Uh, which kind of breaks it up. And the way that Problem that Rocker comes in after Big Balls, I just think it's worth it being on the record 
just for that juxtaposition. Very, I don't want to detour too much, but this is, it's tracks like Big Balls that I think people forget about when they go, oh, the classic albums have already been made in the 70s and 80s and stuff like this. When you go back to Beatles, um, even Zeppelin did it a bit. I mean, like... Oh, the Beatles have got some stinking tracks. Yeah, exactly. When you go back and listen to the records as a whole, there's always these tracks where you're just like, eh? And it, I don't, I don't think it is a you're listening to it from a 21st century point of view because this Big Balls doesn't, it doesn't offend me. It doesn't make. Yes, it does. How the hell you could get offended by that song? I don't really know because because it's so preposterous and so stupid. I just kind of go. I just, I'd like, I think American Pie is funnier than Big Balls. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I, mm. I think American Pie, the wedding is funnier than Big whoa, Balls. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I watched that the other day. I started watching it. It's fucking you, terrible. It's fucking... No, that's not... That is... That's offensive. <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve. Oh, God. He's Don't furious. be bringing... American Pie... I, you know, funny enough, I watched American Pie The Reunion. And then oh, I watched I American that. Pie 1. <laughs> what the fuck? And then I started watching American Pie The Wedding. Like, I'm not even watching them in any kind of chronological order. You're obsessed. I'm, I'm watching like Memento or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Um, anyway, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Big Balls is very, very difficult. To, when you said American Pie to begin with, I thought you meant the Don McLean song. And I was like, what's funny about that? Buddy Holly dying, you fucking sick fuck. <laughs> Chuckling away at the death of one yeah. of the inventor of rock and roll. You're pathetic. <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> um, no, but I, it just, it made me... It made me think that I think I think there's an awful like you know there's some fucking awful shit on the White Album by the Beatles. Oh yeah, you know and 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 when when these people go, oh those are classic records. It's like you're very conveniently forgetting a few tracks, mm. aren't you? Mm. Um, but yeah, okay. Should we go into side B then? What? Yeah. So uh, side B is not as good. No, but it's got. Although, um, what's the last song called? Squealer. No, ride on. Ride on. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm. Now, this is what I was going to talk Ride On is the one. If you ever want to go, it's like, oh, they all sound the same. Ride On's the one where you go. Is it? A... It's not insanely different. Yeah, but it's it, the tone and the feel and everything about it. It is a rare moment of ACDC uh, showing a little bit of vulnerability. Sure. Sure. It feels quite heartfelt. I'm not saying, you know, ACDC are not... Uh, oh, Big Balls is heartfelt. Come on. Um, <laughs> ACDC are not notoriously a kind of heartfelt band. Mm-hmm. No, no. Certainly not what they're known for. And yet I think Ride On is a, a very a very nice... It's a good song yep. and a very sweet song as well. Yeah. What I mean, A Whole Lot of Rosie is a sweet song as well, isn't it? Yeah, A Whole Lot of Rosie is not the same, is it? And I think you're... I'm being facetious. Yeah, so I, I apologize. What you're doing here, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 yes, it's not the classic. It's not quite the classic ACDC sound, but it's. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's just not. It's not different enough. I guess. I don't think it's like. I don't know. It. It didn't. It Are didn't. You talking about the music's not different enough, or the feel of it's not different. Enough? I'm. I'm broadly talking about the music. I do agree right, that okay, the feel well, is a little bit different. It's more than a little bit different. <laughs> Okay, yeah, the feels is different. Really different. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's enough for me. Okay, fair enough. Um, I I love Ride On. Okay, I think it's fucking brilliant. I I do. It's probably my favorite track on side B. Right. Okay. I think. So, what do you think about this album overall? You know, I I enjoyed it. Mm. Um, just as I enjoy ACDC when they come on, uh, when I'm in a, a, a bar or whatever, you know, I, I never, I never go, Oh, ACDC have come on. I fucking hate ACDC. Cause that's yeah. not how I feel about it. I think it's more just, I've never purchased an ACDC album or in fact, I've never even gone. Oh, I really fancy listening to some ACDC right now because of where I started with this whole thing. Mm. I feel they are so entrenched in our culture. I will, my ACDC fix is, 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 is attained by walking outside and, you know, going to (laughs) a news agent or a shop (laughs) or, you know, like they're so ever present. And, and I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I understand why they are, the biggest rock band in the world? It must yeah, be. Them, must and the, them and the Rolling Stones, I think, are the two biggest. Yeah, I do get it. Um, and and to be clear, by me saying I understand why they're the biggest, that doesn't that's not me saying I think they're the best because I, I don't think they are at all. But I think they have a formula which is very um, difficult to deny. It just feels good. It just feels good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get Those it. Big songs do you feel good? And I think you know. I mean, the reason I brought this in is because I didn't know which one to pick. I mean, looking at it now, I've just gone through it and I was like, I could have given you Let There Be Rock. I could have, High Voltage, I think, is is like, has got a few tracks on it that you probably wouldn't have heard that you would have gone, oh, that's really good. Mm. And, you know, if you like if you like the sound of Highway to Hell, but you just don't want to listen to Highway to, Hell, Highway to Hell all the time, they've got so many songs that are, you know, like the title track of this album, I think, is fucking brilliant. Uh, like Dirty Deeds. Dirty Deeds. It's just it's, fucking it's, great. It's probably my favourite song on the record. Yeah. But, it's, the, but it's the one that I recognise. Right, okay. So I don't know if that's a fair thing to mm. say. But um, I think... So, for example... Okay, so here's something. I, I've never seen ACDC live. Okay. Um, And so I'm coming at this from the point of view of never having seen them. But the idea of seeing ACDC live, to me... I'm kind of I'm you know I'm guessing they play at least two hours I'm I'm guessing yeah about two hours about two hours I can't imagine listening to ACDC for two hours and not getting bored at some point well you wouldn't do if they if Angus Young didn't do a half hour long guitar solo which he Ah. did do the two times when I've seen them okay you might like that you fucking nerd but um (laughs) I don't tend to like guitar solos actually (laughs) most of the time I don't (laughs) You are very angry about this. <laughs> I, 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 I like ACTC. They're clearly a good band. I know, I know. They're I know, clearly I'm a great band. Really. I just I just never choose to listen to them. Yeah. Which is down to the sheer omnipresence of them. And and I... I uh, you were, I mean, yeah. I get, maybe. I mean, I think if you didn't know this... It's harder when you don't know the songs. I've gone to see ACDC a few times and been like, oh, I wish they'd play that and I wish they'd play that and they don't. But sure, surely I would know almost all the songs in an ACDC set list. I, I would have thought I would do actually. Yeah, probably. But then I don't know, they play like they play, you didn't know Rocker from before listening to this and they no. play they play that. Right, I mean, I've okay. seen them before and they do, they do chuck it. Yeah, I mean, they've got a massive 
massive back catalogue and they've got so many hits that they do generally fill it with hits. And I think that's the thing, actually, is that ACDC have some absolutely brilliant album tracks that they never, you know, that you'll probably never, ever hear. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the the kind of the thing that, you know, you you go and see them and um, you just go, oh, man, like I really, I, I love them to play to go we're not playing any hits today do you know what i mean like obviously they never will do that no. but if they were to turn around and go i don't know if they were to turn around and say right um we've decided we're absolutely sick of playing highway to hell so we're gonna play girls got rhythm instead mm. then i'd be like fuck yeah i have i have no doubt at all that acdc have great album tracks i'm sure they do mm. um the ones that are great do they sound massively different to the no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm looking at um, the last show they played on. Oh, this is with Axel. Does that count? I get. Well, yeah, I guess All it right. counts. So I know Rock or Bust. I know Shoot to Thrill. I know Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be. Back in Black. Got some Rock and Roll Thunder. That's a new one. I'm not sure about that. Dirty Deeds Done Cheap. Uh, rock and Roll Damnation doesn't ring a bell. Thunderstruck, obviously, I know. Mm-hmm. High Voltage. Rock and Roll Train. That's off of uh, Black Ice. Okay, I've I've heard it then, but I don't. Hell's Bells, obviously, I know. Given the Dog a Bone doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> That's off Back in Black, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, I will know it then. If you want Blood, you've got it. Obviously, I know. Live Wire. That's an old school Bon Scott one. Right, okay. Sin City doesn't sound familiar. As is that, Parade. You Shoot Me All Night Long, obviously, I know. Shot mm. Down in Flames, meh. Have a drink on me. Yeah. TNT, I know. Whole lot of Rosie. Let there be rocks. So there were f- six or six odd there, six, mm. seven that I didn't know out of 25. So I would know the majority right? of the set. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, <clears throat> all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's not going to be a riot act next week because uh, <laughs> Steve. Uh, anyway, um, that's ACDC. He's done dirt cheap. I'm not sure if it's, it's the good. best. It's good, yeah, they're all it's good. It's a good record. Like, yeah, I'm sure they are all good. Great. But yeah, you're right. It's not, having listened back to it, I was like, because I picked it going, oh yeah, I think that might be my my favourite one at the moment, having not listened to it for a few years. And then going back to listen to it, I did go, uh, maybe I should have given you Powerage, maybe I should have given okay. you High Voltage, maybe I should have given you even Highway to Hell. If you I'd be know. very happy to get another um, ACDC record and trade off later on if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like, right. you know, it'd be fine with me. Okay. I, I, I next week then they're clearly well uh, yeah let's do it next week i think no, they're a great no, band no no you're not doing it next week <laughs> no and you slagging them off two weeks running and just getting another <laughs> set slag them off. bar big balls or whatever it's fucking is it big balls big balls yeah but uh, yeah that is worthy of slagging off but, yeah you know right. it, it's uh, this is a decent record yeah, I it, had a, it was a good 39 minutes well yep. i had a good time good well i'm glad you did that's ACDC, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. All right, well, let's move on to yours then, Renfrey. Hello. Real Big Fish. Yes. We're Not Happy Till You're Not Happy is the fifth album from the Scarcore Jokers, uh, <laughs> released in 2005. So basically way past the point when Scar was popular with anyone anymore. Um, yeah. Probably yeah. should have split up, is oh. what I'm going to say. Probably what they should have done. Well, what's going on here? <laughs> what is going on here? I said to you yesterday, is this, do they think this is their version of the Holy Bible by the Mount Street Preachers? Like, this is the miserable... It's their version of the drift. This is the miserable Real Big Fish album. Yeah, hence it's an interesting record to talk about, isn't uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So go on, fill me in, Renfrey. Um, What's going so, on here? So, well, Real Big Fish went through this moment of um, having, uh, I, I don't know, maybe an out-of-body experience and genuinely realising what they were, which was basically a sort of comedy scar um, punk act trope who... Surely they knew that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you're if you could be capable of having um, consciousness and uh, play the exact same set that they've played for the last twenty years over and over again without going insane. Well, yeah, it would drive me insane. I, I mean, I've way. I've seen like I I I'm speaking as someone who actually I don't say it. Well, <laughs> the first time I ever saw Real Big Fish, like at Download or whatever, or probably actually it was probably Reading. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed it because they do that silly they do that stuff where they they there's a song that they do in loads of different um genres and stuff and that's really funny and then they do their enter Sandman cover and that was amusing and, and you know they're they're wearing Hawaiian shirts. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. You know like I, Adam Sandler in Fifty First Date. <laughs> who loved Well, when I was that. 18, 19, the first time I would have seen it, I you know, it was you enjoyable. Mm -hmm. It was enjoyable, I had a good time. Seeing almost an identical set roughly 20 years later at Sonosphere. And like when I say identical set, I mean, I don't think they changed a single song. There was a massive pang of sadness within me. Not, you know, not for me, but for them. Because I was like, my God, you could play other songs if you wanted to. They have done other albums. They could do other songs, but they choose to do exactly the same thing over and over again, yes. like like a robot, uh, yeah. which is unusual and strange. But, you know, um, I'm sure they're happy. <coughs> or maybe they're not, because it feels like this album is the first time they've ever expressed their true feelings. Um, this is an album where they were basically on the brink of breaking up mm. in 2004. Mm. And um, it is, is hate-fueled this record i don't think that's i don't think i'm over egging it by saying it's hate fueled yeah um, are they joking or i can't I tell no i don't think so i think they genuinely were at each other's throats and hated each other at the point that this album was being written and um there are songs like don't start a band um yeah. there's a song which refers to like oh like one hit wonder or something like that one hit wonderful it's called one hit wonderful yeah you know. which is them going we've only had one hit wow like, you're fucking lucky to have that <laughs> beer's a great song i'm sorry I, well i thought it was sellout was the song that they were referring oh, to well, that's well, what they play. oh yes no maybe it is yeah yeah um but you know like and it's 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 just a very it's that classic thing that we talk about the sort of weezer effect in terms of um writing sunshiny because because musically this record doesn't sound particularly different from other real big fish records would no. you say that's true i would definitely say that yeah so musically it is very similar to what they've done before it's just thematically and lyrically i think it's a bit it's probably a bit darker but it's just thematically it's like we fucking hate each other and i hate your guts and you know we're not happy till you're not happy basically yeah okay I mean, <laughs> let's uh, let's see. Let me think. What where can we start with this? Uh -huh. Um, I mean, 
I I think this is a rubbish record. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, I think it's really rubbish. Um, there is a there's three covers on it. We hate is it when it our, three. I thought it was two. Well, we hate it when our friends come become successful by Morrissey. Right. Um, which uh, chucks in. We hate it when our friends become successful, especially no doubt. Slagging off no doubt in there, which I think is a little bit of a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. We are mates, really. Yeah. Um, and then there is a cover of Story of My Life uh, by Social Distortion, which um, uh, they do pretty straight, like every other punk band ever. Who ever, I think it's you will be arrested if you don't cover this song. Mm-hmm. If you're a punk band, you have to yeah. cover it. It's legally, you're obligated to cover that song in, <laughs> in as straight a way as you possibly can. So there's a quite boring cover of Story of My Life by um, Social Distortion on there. And there's a cover of Talking About a Revolution by Tracy Chapman, which is a grand song, a great song. Wonderful song. Um, <clears throat> that has been, that I think pretty much sums up everything that I, despise about raw fish it's really it's the whitest thing in the world uh it's this kind of cod reggae like um tr- not even trying not earnest in any way it's almost like a kind of comedy cod reggae white boy skank version of a really really well-known song which doesn't do anything new or original to it just put some like just well nothing it just goes purr, 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 in the background yeah, and they go that's, yaman that's, that's the it. little that's it yeah no that's <laughs> yeah art um and uh, didn't call it art. and uh and you know that that sort of sums up ruby fish for me taking a really really brilliantly um kind of subversive well-known popular excellent song and then just sort of farting all over it um with a load of trumpets and making it seem sort of completely meaningless i actually think this this isn't gonna be um this isn't defending real big fish i i actually think that song is so wonderful i think i actually think even real big fish can't fuck it up but i i understand what you're saying yeah in it being so white and all that kind of thing it's such a shit cover i mean I, i i i would never say it's a good i would never say it's a good cover i think the song is so good i don't like when i listen to this album which is all the time (laughs) i I don't i don't skip it because it's it's just such a good song it is a it's a brilliant 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 song but i understand what you're Uh, saying and it's fairly catchy but it's a bit like that um i don't fully i don't fully agree with what you're saying but i do understand have you ever seen the video for uh um that song there was what came out in the nineties with the oh baby I love you way that awful kind yeah. of white boy I don't think I've seen the video though. It's just a sort of white man in dreads with like little John Lennon glasses on. You look at him and you go, You are real big fish's dad. <laughs> <laughs> that that guy is all of their dad. Um Yeah. And uh but then to get into the sort of the actual material, straight away I was like, Oh so it is real big fish being grumpy, being sort of annoyed at the world, being annoyed at their lot. But then are they? I can't really tell because it's so, it's so obvious. Do you know I mean, when you listen to Pinkerton by Weezer to pick up on your sunny, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like a disposition, yep. but actually quite weird and dark. The, the classic to the, do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. You don't initially kind of notice 
that there's a lot of bitterness and resentment within that. I don't think you immediately on first listen it's subtle. would go, oh, what, what, what an angry, you know, what poor him. Yeah. Well, tired of sex, whilst it's called tired of sex, there is an element of him boasting, you know, Monday night yeah. I'm making Lynn, Tuesday night I'm making... Something else, uh, yeah. and, um, and Wednesday night I'm making Catherine. Yeah, and th- you know, there's, there's not. Don't do it now. There's, um, <laughs> but there's not. There's none of that here. Which Jen. makes, yeah, good. So, um, I, I do you want me to do all of El Scorcho? <laughs> God damn these half Japanese girls! <laughs> I would not sorry. Do we ever I wouldn't have been able to continue until okay. I got it. So yeah. Uh, so um, God, Jen's gonna be so upset that I forgot I her name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, she's dead. Man. She's dead. Uh, and um, but there's there's not there's not the sort of the immediate like slap you in the face. No. I hate you know there are some albums that do that. Yes. Closer by Joy Division and the Holy Bible and In Utero do that, but they don't hide anything musically or lyrically behind this. This felt really trite to me. This felt like really. I didn't really. I, I didn't really. I was sort of sitting there going, "Do you mean this? Is this a joke? Is this satire? Like, what? What is this?" It was sold. Okay, so it was sold as being genuine. It is the third part in a trilogy, though, uh-huh. supposedly. So, um, uh, what was it? Uh, is it uh, "Talk of the Radio"? I'm trying to remember their other records. Turn which off is, the radio. Turn off the radio was meant to be the first part. Cheer up's the second part, and this is the third part. And it's basically about turn up the radio being a band forming cheer up uh is um the middle bit uh and then and then this bit being the so last this is bit. this is not real then well that's the confusing thing because there are confusing uh testimonies where some people say that it's oh this is all genuine and it's based on real things and we absolutely hated each other and then there's some people who are just well, that like, doesn't seem that seems very very convenient oh it's uh life imitating art isn't it renfrey <laughs> that's what it is well, they're drummers. Life in, in, in oh, <laughs> Okay. I, also, last show. If you're going to do that, if you're going to make a concept album over three hours, I mean, the idea of a three a trilogy of concept albums by Real Big Fish. Oh. Mate, I'm giving you a cheer up next week. So <laughs> fucking better not. Well, I watch it in again. It's like Memento again. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give them to you, but backwards. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> This band's split up. Oh, they're actually doing right. Hey, they fought. More like irreversible, though. Yeah, it is to be fair. Yeah, yeah, but but far, far more harrowing. Um, (laughs) And uh, um, last show should be the should be the last song, shouldn't it? Uh, (laughs) Because this is a long record. This felt like a really, really long record. And um, it, well, no, I, it did to me. Let, well, I, no, no, I was about to say, I, all Real Big Fish records are too long, if I'm yes. honest. And, and I'm saying that as someone who likes them more than you do. Mm. Yeah, they are all <laughs> That's too everyone. long. That's everyone, you know that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, you, if they did a ranking, the, the people on earth who hate, who like Real Big Fish in order, descending order... I would be way, way, way at the top. It's um, the only list that you're at the top of, though, mate. Thank Ooh. you. Um, so it should end with last show. They split up. They said, we're never doing another show together. And then I was like, and I went, thank God, this has to be the last song. 
because they're splitting up, the band are splitting up. And there's still another fucking four songs. Is it four? No, well, there's, there's, two. The, no there's two. Yeah, but the, I listened to the bloody bonus tracks. Oh, as I well. don't listen to the bonus track version. I didn't tell you to listen to that. Well, I did. You <laughs> said to me the other day, you got to listen to all of it. Well, okay. Right. So I listened to the bonus tracks as well. I listened to a live version of beer. Right, from Japan. Yeah. Right, how was that? It was rubbish. <laughs> And how was, and totally uh, undermined everything that I just heard before. <laughs> and also, there's that stupid like 15 minute long noise freakout at the end, which you're like, make sure you listen to the noise freakout at the end. And I was like, well, what's this? No, I d- okay. I didn't want you to listen to the noise freakout because I was like, oh, well, because this is noisy, Steve will like it. Um, I wanted you to comment on it as a as uh, I mean, but so basically, there's a lot of oh, I can probably find it. You're gonna die is the no sorry um your guts i hate him is the last song and it ends two minutes in and then there's nine minutes and 49 seconds of silence and then uh yeah this track you're gonna die comes in which is not really a song well not the whole thing's not is, right? it, yeah, is a... it real big fish doing grindcore <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of i mean i suppose if yeah and 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 what do you think of that? Well, it's nothing. <laughs> it's just like a bit of noise, and then they go, Argh! and then it just stops for a minute. It goes, and then someone sort of mumbles in the background, and then they go Argh! for a couple of seconds, and it ends. Quite disturbing, though, isn't it? It's really disturbing. I, you know what? Last night, I, I was I went to bed last night, and I forgot to pull my curtains across, so I had the sort of the moon and the stars shining in in my bedroom and my face, and I had the lights off, and I was just lying in bed with that on. And it was genuinely terrifying. It felt like <laughs> yeah, something yeah, yeah. was like kind of so, like from The Walking Dead was going to come and smash you and get me. Yeah, it's actually you know I've like you know you got here today and I was really tired. Yeah, and I'm a bit grumpy. <laughs> That's why I couldn't sleep. <laughs> I thought real bit real the the ghosts of real big fish were going to come and like eat my penis in the night. <laughs> uh, uh, you wouldn't be the first to, <laughs> to dream that. Um, it, it, I mean, it was. I. It's reminiscent of like five one five by Slipknot, isn't it? That kind of <laughs> darkness. <of> yeah. It. <laughs> I just think it's interesting. It's I don't. In, I'm like, not... Do you know what, Renfrey? It, I have a an opinion about it. <laughs> a strong opinion, <laughs> which you didn't in, don't is on their in, other albums. Well, no. I. Well, it's I not what do. I expected. Like, it is different from what I thought it might be to, to an extent. Like the the album artwork is different. Yeah, but I totally just because different. I didn't know about this trilogy thing, and I and I, I I was like, is this real or are they fucking around? All right, because obviously, all, it's all a big bloody joke to them, isn't it? Everything's a big hilarious joke to Real Big Fish. So I was like, am I being played on this? They don't really mean this. Like, what what is this? So now you've said that, it makes more sense that they've written a kind of concept album over three albums for which is quite would be a good idea. In the hands of a band who were, you know, good, then Mm. that would be an interesting thing to do. Yeah. I mean I don't think basically like it's less like the Holy Bible, it's more like the wall. (laughs) I don't think we I mean, we've discussed concept records. Wall with trumpets. We've discussed concept records in the past and there's quite a few times where um, there is a concept behind a record supposedly and I'll sort of ask you, did you get that? The the fact that this is a concept record, Steve? And, you know, it's either yes or no. Mm. I couldn't... I've I've listened to all three of those Real Big Fish records time and time again and uh, (laughs) I, I had no idea that they were connected or interlinked at all right. for a long time. So, so I will, I will accept that. 
Um, there is something. Um, <laughs> this is an odd thing to say, but this is my favourite real big fish record. <laughs> <laughs> Because, <laughs> because I suppose I, you've got to have a favourite one, haven't you? Everyone's got, even I've got a favourite one. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I'll decide one day. Um, I just think it's, well, maybe it is that juxtaposition thing, you know, parpy, parpy, parpy. Don't start a band, you know, like. <laughs> I think it's, I, I think it's, relatively subversive and interesting i mean it didn't it did fuck all for them like this mm. record came out and pretty much everyone hated i think it got middling reviews got 7.3 out of 10 on ign oh wow well, punk well. news gave it two and a half stars out of five okay and all music if that had been three that would have well, been all music good. gave it three well there you go you know i mean like i think i, I think i think it was I think people were confused because, you know, Real Big Fish, you put, you get Real Big Fish in your mind and you, that's the thing. You think they are the comedy kind of Hawaiian shirts, parpy, 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 um, Stephen Hill baiting <laughs> pranksters, you know. And this is the moment in their career where they tried something not vastly different i will give you that i am not you know suggest i mean you know you could say real big fish of the acdc of scar punk in a way they haven't changed dramatically certainly musically but it's something a little bit different um and uh yeah i wanted to give you an interesting record and you're always complaining that i'm only giving you records that you that i think are good that no one's heard for trade-off mm. <laughs> and this is slightly different i mean i do i do actually Call it nostalgia, and it probably is nostalgia, I'll admit. Well, I, I, do, I don't call it nostalgia. <laughs> I occasionally put this record on and and have a good time. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not saying... Brentley's days. Is <laughs> out. That, that is the that is This is the most embarrassed I've ever been recording this podcast. <laughs> and considering some of the shit that has come out on this podcast, um, you know... We get that on Wikipedia. We get that on <laughs> Renfrey Deadman occasionally listens to this album and has quite a good time. But the, <laughs> but the thing it's is, actually, the thing is, it's Wikipedia page. <laughs> There's reception says all music describes it as angry and embittered, but also deem the album as super catchy. And that's it. That's all it says. That's all the only thing that has been said about it at all. So if we got that under reception. Well, the thing is, is is it wouldn't be taken down unlike the Batman one because no one's ever looking up this album. So no. Apart from the members of the Real Big Fish who are going to go, just glad for the praise in <laughs> any like, way. Someone else. It's quite good. Renfrey yeah. Deadman. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I sort of listen to it and I, I think it's quite, I might listen to it on the way back actually. You uh, do that. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so so there was nothing about this record you liked at all. No, I thought it was an absolute fucking pile of shit. To be honest, I hated it. But then I hate Real Big Fish. I just mm. absolutely hate Real Big Fish. I hate mm. everything about them. And I think um, I hate even more. I hated not really knowing what they're on about. Is it the record that I've given you on trade off that you hate the most? I think it is. Yes. Is it the worst record I've given you on trade off? Yes. What have you given me on trade off that's been worse than this? It's not been a kind of comedy crap one that you've given me. It's not been no. a claw finger or, a, do you know what I mean? It's not been anything. I'm giving Ooh. you something that you're going to fucking hate next week out of spite. <laughs> <clears throat> um, is this worse than claw finger? 
I I honestly think this is worse. I would rather listen to Clawfinger. At really? least Claw, at least Clawfinger is funny, like accidentally funny. I think I'd rather listen to something which is accidentally funny and laugh at it than have something which is desperate to try and be funny or be like, oh, look at us, and it be just wank. And me go, you, uh, you're just trying to. It's bait. This Claw, it feels like bait. Clawfinger doesn't have talking about revolution on it, on though. So. Yeah, but that's not their song, is it? They can't have, they can't have that. I mean, yeah, the fucking Claw the Teal album is better than Claw Finger just because those songs are better. But exactly. But yeah, all right. <laughs> Nobody is perfect, but I'm pretty fucking close. Is, is talking about a revolution better than that? Not, not sure. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, Renfrey, look, there you go. Um, real big fish. We're not happy till you're not happy. Uh, what well, are you giving me next dis- week? That didn't disappoint me in the slightest. Um, I don't know what I'm giving you next week. Tell me tell me what you're giving me. Well, I was thinking about giving you... Do you remember Wilson? Yeah. Full Blast Fuckery. Full Blast Fuckery, yeah, Did you yeah. listen to that? You listen yeah. to that a lot. Okay, so don't worry about it. I was going to give you that, but then I was listening to Real Big Fish, and I was like, actually, I'm going to give Renfrey something rubbish so because i think uh, full blast fucker is good yeah, so um yeah. uh, and you've listened to it so there's yeah. no point in giving that so i'm going to give you cooler by the long forgotten uk rap rockers collapsed lung wow whose song eat my goal featured on the coca-cola advert during the euro 96 european championships enjoy <laughs> okay um Wow, okay. I'm going to give you something totally different then. <laughs> Everything's totally different <laughs> to that. Um, have you heard the, the Hold Steady? Yeah. Have you heard Boys and Girls in America by Hold Steady? What year did that come out? I've heard know. a few of their albums. I can't remember what ones I haven't, haven't heard. Um, good, good, good bit of this, isn't it? 2004? 2004. Probably have heard that, but it's been a while. Now, give me that because it's probably been a long time. I've been listening to them recently, but I've been listening to some of their newer stuff. I actually listened to them a few months ago, but I don't think it was that one that I listened to. <laughs> I'm having it. All right, fine. Good. We'll so, that. what's it called? Boys and Girls? Boys and Girls in America. Boys and Girls in America by the Hold Steady and Renfrey <laughs> as a penance for what you've given me. Enjoy okay. Collapse Lung. Mm-hmm. I will. Cooler. You won't <laughs> trust me trust me you fucking won't um musicism.net go there get your courses uh 25 off if you put riot in the checkout it's only 9.99 usually so even cheaper than that um we'll see you next week for more fun bye real big fish-esque fun